Whiskey Dan Radio Show. Tonight, today, this afternoon, we have uh, Connor Morgan is on the show. Uh, and for the beverage, we have Patty's Old Irish Whiskey, which is a whiskey that I picked up while I was in South Carolina at a liquor store over there. I think I got it for about 20 bucks for a fifth. It even came in like the cool like little cylindrical cardboard things that not all whiskeys come in, but it came I, in one I of those. I see it over there. So it's easy to spot. Yeah. So uh, we're happy to have Connor on the show. Hey. Really happy to have you. Hey, woo, it's me. Yeah, it's you. Um, Is this a... Sorry, I'm, I'm woefully ignorant of of this format. Are we are we also streaming live or no? No, no this kidding. is okay. this is coming to you live, pre-recorded from the domicile <laughs> of debauchery. So okay, let's uh, let's test it out. I haven't even drank this yet. Cheers, man. Clink. Ooh, yep. mama, that's liquor. <laughs> yeah, that is that is like so close to Johnny Walker Red. So, Without the pain. So I have quite the history of drinking, but I am hilariously ignorant of the finer things in life. So you have a long history of drinking, and so what is that history of drinking? What, steel reserve? <laughs> a lot of it's steel reserve. <laughs> um, so where where did... where did um, Hang on, let me collect my thoughts. Okay. I'd, I'd like to preface the audience. Uh, I was I was jaying some fellas up on the b-ball court this morning, so I might be a little more scatterbrained than normal because it's 100 fucking degrees outside, and it hurt. It's hot. Yeah, stupid hot. So uh, Connor here is a member of the local up-and-coming <laughs> alternative rock band called Lenny and the D out of East Texas, and somehow we were able to get him out of his busy schedule to book him into the show because he's just getting all kinds of just poon thrown at him now that he's a professional rock star. Um, where did It's really just the one poon. <laughs> just the... <laughs> so where did, where did your uh, journey as a musician begin? Oh, man. Uh, I just realized drawing cartoons is not going to help me pick up chicks, so I figured I better learn to play an instrument. Mm. <laughs> How old were you? Uh, I started. I started playing guitar. I was probably. Let me ponder it for a minute. <clears throat> I was probably like eight or nine years old. So it's been about twenty years. No ago. shit, damn. Yeah. yeah, you're like almost thirty. I keep forgetting. Yeah, that. just about. I'm on the edge there. Old coot. That's right. <laughs> um. Uh, let's see. My parents divorced, and my mom married a new guy who was super cool because he played guitar, and that was exciting. Um, and he and he had a guitar, and I was too little to play it, so they got me a, a baritone ukulele. And damn, <laughs> yeah, Just, here I, you go, it, kid. Yeah, yeah. Here you go. Here, this is uh, more appropriately sized because you were a small child. Um, and I was using that as a way to try and uh, make people like me because I was a weird little homeschool kid up to that point. Uh, and by the time I realize that we are no longer living in the decades of which playing guitar makes you cool and popular, by the time I realized that, I realized it didn't care. This was fun. Mm. Yeah, which, like, really, like, like, okay, you say that, but anybody who can play, like, a musical instrument, and then when people find out that you play an instrument, like, like let's say, like, you just met somebody, like, at a brewery or, like, a bar or something or some kind of social gathering, and you're like, no, no, I play guitar, and they're like, whoa, like, their interest is, like, Immediately peaked in you, the individual. Oh, I don't know. That that's not my reaction. My reaction is like, oh God, is he having with him? Fucking watch out. 
Oh, that is that that is the adverse reaction. No, no, that is I'm that guy. No, that usually happens with like with somebody his... is when it's like a social event. Nobody like there's just like music. Somebody's like playing like off of their phone and, and like a Bluetooth speaker, and like somebody walks in with like a way too expensive amp for like their age bracket. It's like yeah. where did you get an orange four hundred? Like come on, and then they just like walk in like, oh god, they're thirteen year old walks in with a fifty one fifty. Like mm, fuck. <laughs> just, <laughs> There was one time, I shit you not, uh, there was this guy who was probably two, three years younger than me, like, complete, like, virtuoso at guitar. Like, dude was classically trained in it. Really fucking good. I could not stand talking to that fucking guy, though. It it would it just, like, oh, you sunk all of your social points into just, like, willy, willy, wah, wah. Oh, for sure. And I was just, like, because everybody's only born with a certain number of talents, like, they can put into anything, and then, like, they just were like, ah. I also think of life as an MMO, so totally. RPGs, yep. Yeah. Yep. It, okay, me thinking of, like, you know, the special system in Fallout. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, like, <laughs> I, I think you can apply that to real life. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's, I, I can see there's that. There's definitely a thing. Like, you, you get 40 points. I picked up some perks, and I picked up some flaws. Yeah. <laughs> traits. They're not flaws. They're traits. That's, that, I like that better, too. <laughs> So, uh, so, so you're a kid. Um, were you like? Tell a, you what. Sorry, real quick. Yeah. Um, every time I breathe out, I'm getting no, uh, mic noise. Yeah. Okay. Change the mic. If I set it off axis, then you get all of all of my my dulcet tones. <laughs> Not as much nose sound. <laughs> I could I could drop a lot of this out. Sure. No, I, I suspect you will. I'll just make your job a little bit easier. Thank you. There we go. Just off axis by about forty-five degrees. Now yeah, I'll try not to fuck with your setup too much. I I don't care. <laughs> so, um, were you like in jazz band or anything when you were in high school or? Um, in as much as my high school had a jazz band, um, the first chance I got to play guitar for a school function was because uh, that's usually where people like start like building a yeah. skill. It's like in a public because no high school has ever had a. Uh, uh, a Fall Out Boy band that you can join. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so and that's what you were super into at the time. Uh, Green Day, Fall Out Boy, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Did, like, were you like into blowing other men too at the time, or <laughs> was that? <laughs> uh, not regularly. Just when the moment struck. You know, it's whenever the moments were particularly appropriate. Okay. I, I like, Only when it was aesthetic. I like Green Day a lot. I could never get into Fall Out Boy on the name of their band alone. That's a shame. I know. And some of the most metal dudes are are from that band. I, I, well, I don't want to get into that too much, but oh my god, Fall Out Boy. Okay, so it's funny because I had this conversation with Ashley like last night, because um, I'm a big Rage Against the Machine fan, mm-hmm. which that's pretty uh, on brand for. Yeah, that for, tracks. Yeah, for uh, for, <laughs> for, for old Whiskey Dan, like, oh, he's like really angry about dumb shit. Yeah, that's why. Um, I remember when I was a little kid and I first saw, I think my cousin was talking about him because he was big into him back, you know, my cousin's like 41. So he was, you know, our age or younger when Rage Against the Machine was like at their peak like mm-hmm. in the early 2000s, late 90s. And he was talking about that band name. I was like, that is the coolest fucking band name like of all time ever. And I finally listened to him and I'm like, holy shit, like this is so fucking good. I'm trying to remember the name of the poem and the off the poet that it's from. Look it up later. Because uh, Zach De La Roca, like the, the front man of the band, yeah. the guy who does all the lyrics, he's like really like well-read individual. Like super Marxist, but you know. Sure. So. <laughs> what musician isn't? <laughs> Ted Nugent, that's like it. He's yeah, the no only shit. one. Um, so, so yeah, there was a jazz band at John Tyler. Um, 
the local high school here in town, uh, or one of you. And yeah. just presuming all your listeners are local, yeah, I suspect. Um, but before there was a jazz band, before we got funding for that, we got funding for a mariachi band. Whoa. Yeah. And oh, yeah, it's because John Tyler's like 60% Hispanic. Right. And um, even though I played tuba in the marching band, um, they were like, hey, Connor, we reckon you play guitar. And I was like, you, you would reckon correctly. Uh, and so I played uh, combination guitar and uh, guitarron for that band. And guitarron is the big... Um, yeah, that, that, that's the big boy one, right? The hilariously sized bass um, I got to play that, which is super cool, and that blew my mind. Did you get to like wear like the bedazzled sombrero? No, they weren't bedazzled. There was a sombrero at one point, but it was it was it was toned down. Um, oh, okay. at, at most, it was like white shirts and like interesting. I don't know what the name for like the kind of ties. Bolo they are. tie, like the, with the two leather strips. No, bolo tie would have been cooler. It was more like a really skinny handkerchief tied in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I don't but know anyways, the name of them, but yeah, I know what you're yeah, talking about. So we did that a few times. That was a lot of fun. The next year, my senior year, there was a jazz band, and that was a lot of fun. Um, but but And that's when I started smoking weed. <laughs> it wasn't yet, but... And so, uh, but there was no, for my senior year, there was no guitar instructor. Um, junior year in my IG band, there was somebody available. But for the jazz band, nobody who played guitar was available to help. So uh, they had me basically just so they could say they had a guitar player. Um, and I was approaching it with everything I learned from Fall Out Boy and Green Day um, and all these voicings and chords that I would, didn't even know the words for them at the time. So I was I was approaching jazz as though uh, somebody who only ever listened to Green Day and Blink-182 was approaching jazz. Like, oh, God. So you see an A an A minor 713, you're like, I know A minor, and you play that bar chord. Yeah. And like, that's, <laughs> so you're like, I don't know what that 13 and, is and all about. And they're like, hey, buddy, that's not, oh, God damn it, all right. Yeah, but you know, nobody played guitar either, so they're like, just let them play bar chords. So I was playing uh, Green Day-style guitar, Minus the distortion for a jazz band, and it did not sound good, but it was fun. <laughs> and we put the fun in functional. <laughs> it so was a blast. They, uh, I mean, like shit. One of the bigger bands I started listening to when I was in like the sixth grade was Black Sabbath. Mm. And I mean, like they're at least like jazz at its core. Like Green Day is not. <laughs> like, no, not even a little bit. <laughs> like there isn't. It's like we're going to play the chords really fast. Yeah, it's a hilarious, hilariously straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> which is which, which I can really respect about Green. Like I never really listened to them like hardly at all. Which a lot of people are like, "Oh, you never did." And I'm like, "Well, they got like 30 fucking albums. I don't know which one to pick." Yeah. And then somebody's like, "Dude, just listen to the Dookie one." I was like, "What?" And I listened to. It. I was like, "Holy shit!" It's like front to back, really good. Mm-hmm. De- like definitely like A minus. I would I would give it that. Oh, A plus, 100 percent perfect album. Okay, perfect. Like ten out of ten would recommend <laughs> to everybody okay, every time. Okay, I, I I would recommend it to anybody. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that. Uh, Your grandma got ears. <laughs> Show her Dookie. <laughs> it's like it's, <laughs> it's a it's it's like like punk music is punk music can never be a ten out of ten for me because I feel that punk music is like while I understand the message and while I appreciate them putting that into a uh, tangible art form, mm-hmm. um. They're simply not that great of musicians outside of their realm of punkness. Normally, now I'm sure oh, the guys for from, sure. I'm sure like the guys for Green Day are like really good musicians, especially now because they've been doing it for a billion yeah. years. You do anything for a billion years, you're gonna be really good at it. Yeah, but when um, the, when they were like 22 and they were like a punk band, and it's like, hey, we're gonna like 
have a song with a guitar solo. Like, yeah, that ain't gonna happen. You know, I mean, they did, but they weren't. Good yeah, guitar solos. they were just like really wild. Well, and that, that's why I think uh, I heard it and it blew my little mind because I thought, hey. I can make those sounds. <laughs> I can do that. It's, it's, it's sort of like the, there, there's two ways to react to art that is not particularly uh, technically proficient. You can say, I could do that. And oh, I could do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I definitely went for the second one. I was like, I could make those sounds. Yeah, that's not hard. You see, that's the problem. I, I started, I was listening to bands that were like too good. Like once again, Black Sabbath, like, it's like, oh, like it sounds super easy on paper. Play like that riff. It's like, okay, play Tony Iommi's guitar solo, and it's like, okay, <laughs> well, you know, and then yeah, or yeah, you, all yeah. all my favorite musicians um, for the longest time have never been like shredhead masters. Right, they're all always dudes who had a very particular sound, um, and th- that you couldn't fake. You couldn't sound like them. So obviously, you started with Green Day because you hear that dude's voice, and you're like, I know exactly who that is. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, like or, I, you could pick out a Green Day song very quickly. Oh yeah, or Robert O'Keen. Like yeah. you, you know, sure he's still country, but you can't fake a Robert O'Keen sound. Yeah. Or like Panic at the Disco, and I fucking hate that band, but I can. I really liked the first album. I was really into that. Never, um, but like those goddamn tour. Like, it, I, <laughs> I want to shoot myself <laughs> or somebody every time. <laughs> God, I learned to play that album front to back, every song, yeah. every lyric. I was all right, all guys, we're gonna wrap it up here. We're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding cut <laughs> you know we'll, we'll uh yeah so um so i so you did that in high school you had the jazz band your the junior year then the mariachi band your uh flip it, it was, oh okay. yeah it was mariachi yeah. your junior year then jazz bangers and then there was a few kids who played in the marching band who also kind of knew bass and kind of knew guitar and so did y'all have like a band that you played with outside uh, of no we would um when we were supposed to be doing school related tasks Instead, we would uh, ditch the football game <laughs> and instead go to a buddy's house and play guitar um, and teach each other riffs. Because at the time, we didn't know about Ultimate Guitar or a lot of other like resources, which I'm sure were available. But my buddy Sam was like, hey, I learned how to play the Classico from Tenacious D. Yeah. So he would like we would spend an hour. We All three of us learned how to play it, and which is just, I'm sure it was no fun for anybody else who was in with an earshot. Um, we would do stuff like that. We would learn songs, or like we were really into the gorillas, the three of us, me and buddies. Jacobi. It's hard to not be into the gorillas when you're in high school. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and so we would learn that stuff, and then our band director would ask, like, you know, why haven't you been practicing your long tones? I'm like, because Feel Good Ink is way more fun to play. <laughs> Duh. It's like, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't know you could put music in a box. It's art, <laughs> Mr. Director. I and, and, and yet, boy, do I feel like I owe, uh, mi- I'm just going to put this out into the universe, Mr. Otto Harry. I do believe I owe you reparations for being a terrible band student. <laughs> yeah. It it all comes full circle because if you get good enough at something, you'll have to teach somebody, and one of those people is just not going to get it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I definitely feel like I'm paying for it karmically in one way or another. <laughs> I'm like, okay, it's important to practice your long tones and your skills, and someone's like, I just want to play smoke on the water. It's like, you know what? That's my karma to bear. <laughs> I deserve that. Like, yeah. <laughs> It was just like you're, uh, you you taught lessons for a little bit, didn't you? For a long time, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, so it's like you're sitting there. It's like, all right, guys, uh, like we're gonna work on our pentatonic scales. Like starting with E, like a lot of rocks based out of like pentatonic E scale. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I just want to play Guns N' Roses so I can get laid. You're like, 
<sighs> you know, it would have been refreshing if any of the students I had for an amount of time had been that honest. <laughs> if someone had come to me and said, I'm trying to impress somebody, I'd have been like, great, let's learn that song. We're going to do that for you, bud. Yeah. Um, There's only one student who was ever that honest. Goodness knows, I can't remember the guy's name. He was probably the oldest student I ever had. I think he was in his 80s. and No shit. He'd been retired for a while. Never played an instrument before. Uh, him and his wife's, I think, 50th uh, anniversary was coming up, and he wanted to play one of her favorite country songs to her. Uh, he said he wanted to play it at the anniversary, and if that wasn't code for bro, get me laid, <laughs> I don't know what was. <laughs> And and he took lessons from me for maybe three months, and he would not practice. He was terrible. He was really funny because he – I forget what his job title was. This was a number of years ago, and I had so many students. Um, and when you have 45 students over the course of a week, you tend to phone it in as far as, like, what their actual hopes and dreams are. Yeah. But he, he used to do some sort of work involving the layout of – highways or like the actual like like macro scale design of transit in houston civil engineer i suspect right and so every time i say that part everyone's like oh so he's the asshole i was like yeah well this was the asshole and he was a student of mine and he had spent he was he was the poor (laughs) fucking bastard that got handed a shit budget and like hey build this in a swamp yeah well (laughs) and and he he was very clearly used to being the smartest guy in any room he walked into and he he wore that on every. And I'm well. I'm sure he was in yeah. many rooms he had been in. And when I was teaching him, I think I was 21, and he did not like being told by me that he was wrong and he needed to do better. Even though he was paying me to help him learn a song. <laughs> it's like, what the, what the fucker? I'm trying to help you. Right. And I was so. You know, but, but that's the only student who I think was ever forthright enough. Like, I'm trying to learn one song to impress this chick. It just so happened this chick was his wife of 50, 50 years. years. Yeah. So, um, so after high school, you went to the junior college, right? TJC. That's right. Yeah. Well, uh, go Apaches. <laughs> oh, it was great. I had yeah. a blast. Yeah, uh, you went to New York with uh, with Max, right? I did. It yeah. was fun. Yeah. Uh, every I mean, again, I'm assuming most of your listeners uh, will be yeah. uh, from the East Texas area. TJC, two thumbs up, five stars, fully recommended. Had a blast. Oh yeah, I had. I would not trade anything for the the stuff that. Not not only so much like what I learned because I actually did learn a lot like academically at TJC, but I also like learned a lot socially and culturally. Like what is expected of you as an adult in society. Like I learned that a lot at TJC as well. A lot of people didn't. But for sure yeah I did. <laughs> um and then yeah. you, and you were in the jazz band there right yes uh heather mensch the jazz band director at the time who is now still the band director for jazz uh but also i think the dean of music now yeah. anyway um i auditioned and uh she was very honest she's like well that wasn't very good but are you punctual i was like yes i'll show up on time every time and i'll practice super hard she's like great just get better that wasn't very good i was like great i'll be there so <laughs> yeah that's basically what i was told and boy, I tried out yeah and boy if that wasn't a, a a significant life lesson it's like 
bro, you may not nail the audition, but are you punctual? Do you have a history of showing up on time? Man, your best available, your best ability is your availability. Like no if, if, you, if you could fucking show up to work, you'll get the like you you could get in keep said job. Like oh my god, I've be. gotten so many promotions that I was unqualified for, but I was because just, I was the only guy <laughs> that showed up. I just kept showing up. I just kept showing up on time. We can't get rid of this guy. What the fuck? I guess we'll keep giving him the job. Yeah. Uh, you know, and of course I did practice and I got better and I learned a lot. And that was the first time you were sort of playing with Max, right? Um, Max was a year behind me. That's right. But he did eventually join the band. And at the time, we didn't hang out a lot. Um, actually, almost non-existent <laughs> at TJC. Uh, never, besides the fact that we played in the same jazz band that went to New York City, which yeah. I was uh, hilariously, uh, again, underqualified for. There was another guitar player that auditioned who was a phenomenal musician, but he continued to have, I think it was a combination, I don't even remember his name, it's a combination of um, transportation issues and just couldn't show up. He couldn't be there. And so like, here you are, like shoes tied, glasses polished, ready to go. Yeah, I'm playing. Yeah. I'm I'm playing like I'm playing in a Green Day cover band for jazz chords, but I'm here. Mm. <laughs> They're like, well, he's not very good, but he can be taught. So, yeah. so, so I got to go to, to learn. Damn it! So I got to go to the New York City Jazz Festival and play really poorly at the Lincoln Center. It was great. It's pretty nice. And then, um, so you moved to Hawaii after. TJC, right? It was much, much, much after TJC. Okay, it was so, a few years um, before that. Okay. But so, yes, that was fun too. <laughs> so, so you, you did you get your associates? Oh yeah. So, and then after that, uh, Sam Houston State University. That's right. In Huntsville, Texas. Did you finish there? I did. So, what's your bachelor's in? Uh, music performance. Oh okay. I reckon I never actually looked at the damn thing. Seriously? <laughs> I mean, I've got it in my closet. I know where it is. Oh, okay. Like, like, you know where it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, like, by the time it was actually, like, time to, like, start signing papers and getting graduated, I was so burnt out. I was like, whatever. Just, am I done? Yeah. Am I done? Am I done? Because I was not going to quit until I was done. But also, like, I had long since, like, decided that I didn't want to be doing that anymore. Yeah. You were just like, I just want to be done with school to say that I finished this and I have a degree. So. Yeah. I mean, the last some last three semesters... Each one, I was so burnt out. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I thought I did, but I was a lot younger when I thought I did, and I want to do something else, but I wanted to stick with it so I could at least have that. You know, it's it's a bit of like a sunk cost fallacy, but I was like, I I should just finish. And you're like, why would I bother switching? And then I have to be in school for even longer. Like, I'm just ready to be done with school. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because there was a lot of people I know uh, that were in man with me at TJC that went on to other schools to do basically like – uh, get a degree in performing arts or whatever, yeah. you know, music production, something like that. And then they get in there for like a year and like, holy shit, I want to get out of this. I never had that. Like, I never once while I was in college, especially once I transferred to UT Tyler, mm-hmm. uh, was I never had the feeling like, man, am I doing the right thing? Like, I loved all of my history courses. Yeah. Except for one, because the professor was... He was that professor like only three people can make an A in this class due to the size of this class. Like, <laughs> oh, you're that fucking cocksucker. Okay, cool, appreciate it. Like, sorry, my papers. Okay, whatever. So, yeah, only um, a history class for me to be in. All the classes I had were great. the The burnt out feeling was from discovering that classical music was not the music I wanted to play. I still learned a lot. And I definitely grew as a musician and a person in general. Um, but it was those last three semesters where I realized, oh, this is not the music that speaks to me 
right. that moves me. So what music does move you? Well. <laughs> Not what we play. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so l- we're drinking whiskey. Let's talk about Whiskey Wednesdays. Um, and I'll have to send send this to my buddy John Ryan so he can listen and I can wax poetic about his house parties. Whiskey Wednesdays. Yeah. Oh, so you had like legit. Speaking of, let, let's take a small break yes. on that. Um, once again, we're drinking Patty's Old Irish Whiskey. It's pretty easy to spot. It's got, it's Ireland is literally on the front of it. It's also got like a, if you, if you get in the canister, it's got like a little like old guy on it. I really enjoy this a lot more than what I thought I was going to. It's not super dark. It's actually a very like almost golden color whiskey. It's not super smoky like how scotch is, um, but it has like the scotch bite, and it doesn't have like the sweetness like bourbons and Canadian whiskeys do. Like I really, this is um, this is some top tier Irish whiskey shit. Like I think I like this more than Jameson. This is very smooth. I'm thoroughly enjoying myself. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm not cultured when it comes to hard liquors. My favorites are Tito's and Kraken, um, but I'm thoroughly enjoying there, this There's one. nothing wrong with that. This is coming <laughs> from the guy whose beer of choice is Old Milwaukee. Well, and, you know, I was going to say, I think from where I'm currently sitting, I can see at least two vintage tin signs for Old Milwaukee. I'm looking to see if there's maybe a third one. Okay, that one's actually not a tin nor vintage. That is the... Uh, side of a 30 pack that i really like oh. and then they don't have they, they don't come in that type of box anymore i see so, so i'm really glad that i kept it so that one with the pinup on it is just part of a box it is it is a piece of cardboard that, i see that is me that that is who i am and i'm okay with that yeah live your truth buddy yeah sick Okay. So yeah. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> whiskey Wednesdays. That sounds okay, so terrible. <laughs> no, it was wonderful. It was some truly formative shit. Um, so I was several years into college, living in Huntsville, and Huntsville. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do that. My okay. Hunts- lizard brain made me say that. <laughs> <laughs> My lizard brain, bro. Mm. Hunts- Huntsville is great. Uh, if I had to live somewhere else besides Tyler in Texas, I would live in Huntsville. Uh, it's wonderful, and mm-hmm. it's hard to describe why. Uh, but it's because of people like John Ryan. So I met a guy. I was working at a grocery store. It sucked. It was terrible. I hated it. It was like minimum. Brothers or something. It was, ex- it, was ex- it was Brookshire Brothers. So that's exactly <laughs> what it was. Oh, the jankier version of Brookshire's. It was terrible. And <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Oh, it was terrible. And this guy comes through my line. Um, he's a little bit older than me, but not by a lot. And he's got a very um, Big Lebowski kind of vibe about him. Or um, <laughs> that's all I can think of. He's got that kind of like dude kind of feeling mm. and he's buying a hilarious number of two liter sodas and i'm scanning them like 40 it was, it was something ridiculous like yeah, that like he like filled a shopping cart full of two it was years. nuts and there was all shasta cola which was of course like stupidly cheap well at least it wasn't fago because you'd be like is this guy a juggalo does he listen to icp come <laughs> on like- and it was shasta cola and it was all stupidly cheap and <laughs> i give him the total i'm like your total is it was like dumb like 87 cents i don't know it was hilarious yeah, like, like for each, the amount of each soda. soda is like 80 cents for a shasta too so it's like it's yeah hey, it was your so total dumb. is like 24 32 <laughs> yeah like it's dumb 40 bottles of and soda and i told him what his total was and and i remember what he said it, it it's the dumbest thing but it really stuck with me he goes god bless corn subsidies <laughs> and i go i beg your pardon and this is like way too early i worked the morning shift because it worked on my school schedule it was like eight o'clock in the morning and i've already been there for a few hours he goes god bless corn subsidies i go i beg your pardon he goes corn syrup 
I go, yeah, it's so, and yeah. it's not as funny when I tell it now, but it's no, so like, like the, freaking funny. That's it's fucking great because it's just like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? And I left, and I left so freaking hard at eight o'clock in the morning. We started talking, and I go, what are you doing with this? Like, you don't look like you look at a restaurant. What, what do you do? I started asking way like two personal questions as a cashier at a grocery store. Yeah. He's like, I teach, I teach history. I go, oh, what, what are you doing with? A hundred gallons, a hundred gallons of Shasta soda. He's like, "Oh, I have a a party at my house every Wednesday called Whiskey Wednesday, and I usually just host it at my place because I've got a good job, and now my friends have good jobs, and so I just host a party every week, and it's my way of socializing without having to leave my house." Hey, by the way, what are you doing Wednesday? (laughs) I was like, "Um, nothing, I guess." Uh, and so, so he invited me, he's like a cool dude. And I, I went out on a, on a limb and I, I went over there and he was at this place. So I get there and he has a guitar in the corner and a couple of harmonicas lying around. I go, Oh cool. He goes, um, d- we had talked about it very briefly. He goes, did you say you're studying guitar? I go, yeah, a little bit. Um, I was trying to downplay it and he yeah. goes, uh, well here, let me show you. And he, he played uh, a song by the mountain goats. And I lost my shit because that's like my true calling is his band called the Mountain Goats. He plays a song by the Mountain Goats uh, poorly because he's not a trained musician. He's a trained educator, which is totally fine. But like you don't have to be a solid musician to play Mountain Goats because John Darnielle is not a solid guitar player either. Is it like bluegrass music or something? Or No, um, it's just a dude on a guitar. Oh, it's, no shit. It's, it's, we'll make it easy and just say they're a rock band. You can look them if you want to. But he played a song called... Um, Oh my goodness! I'm blanking on what the song is called. No children. Song's called. He's no, got to him. <laughs> song's called No Children. And I was like, Oh my gosh! And so uh, I go, I fucking love the Mountain Goats. He goes, No way! And so he hands me the guitar, and I play a song by the Mountain Goats. And now we've got the entire party's attention. And uh, then I, I think I follow that up with a "They Might Be Giants" song. Oh man, that's like a man. That's that's a big dick energy right there. <laughs> So I followed up with um, a "They Might Be Giants" song, and uh, Do you know which one? Yeah, it was "Birdhousing Your Soul." Yeah, it's yeah. And so, and it was weird because the so the thing that was so formative about it was that the, these are songs in my mind that nobody knows unless you like look for them on a forum somewhere. Yeah. No the only gonna... person I know that's like into "They Might Be Giants" is is Max. Right. Yeah. And so, so to suddenly be playing "Mountain Goats" and "They Might Be Giants." Uh, to a party, there was a lot of people there, and they all know these songs. Um, was pretty affirming that there are people out there who like that kind of music too, and they might even go to parties and stuff. And so, yeah, like they're not complete fucking weirdos. Uh, and so John Ryan uh, said, "You're welcome back anytime. Bring your own guitar. I bet yours is better." I go, "It is actually." <laughs> but he had like a first act or something dude it was a terrible guitar it was it sucked and so he's like just bring a guitar next week and so I, I i started showing up again every week and he started um that's also where i learned to drink <laughs> oh yeah and so i started showing up every week with a guitar and because it was the guy who was hosting the party's house and he was one telling me to play guitar i felt no shame in playing the music whereas any other party I'm just a guy with a guitar. I'm like, oh, great, that asshole brought his guitar. No, I'm <laughs> I'm at special request. Yeah, I, I am the guy. Like, yeah, I was invited. Um, and so I started to really get to, like, branch out and play the music 
that and, and like find the music that inspired me, which was a lot of at the time the only word for it was folk punk, which was basically just angry people on acoustic guitar. So bands like Days and Days, Defiance Ohio, Pat the Bunny, um some of course um mountain goats depending on how you classify them and at the time i was also finding bands like um me without you and okay i um i'm actually know a lot about me without you and they started out as like a christian band yeah they're so cool yeah um and i don't know if they still are were because i think they broke up uh, but they went on a tour, and my friends saw Me Without You open up for the band called Thrice, which I don't really care about. Yeah, they're like, 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 I don't really know Thrice. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know Me Without You. And then my friend who went, who didn't know about Me Without You, but just, like, really likes Thrice, he was like, yeah, that opener fucking sucked. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, you probably didn't get it. Yeah. But, you know, when they're... So it could have just been like a terrible show. Like I don't fucking know. But. I saw Me Without You open for the open. They were somewhere in the lineup uh, with Say Anything as the headliner, and oh my goodness, I've never seen somebody bust out an accordion and not be humorous about it. Like they oh, yeah. busted out an accordion and then proceeded to shred, and it was awesome. Damn, it was wild. Accordions are just auto harmonicas. It was it was amazing. Um, so so that is where I started kind of getting my sea legs of playing music in front of other people. Yeah, because um, like th- I got mine at playing at open mic night a lot. Like, oh, I'm nervous yeah, playing so in front of people. This was like an open mic night, except I was the only person who was explicitly asked to come and play music because I knew all the music that the guy who was throwing the party, I knew the music he liked. Right. And he couldn't play it, but I could. And he would just... Be like, hey, next week, can you play this song so we can stand on top of my roof with, <laughs> can we stand on top of my roof and get drunk while you're playing guitar and singing this song? I've always wanted to do that. So as we would do, we would, he would tell me what songs he wanted to hear and I would learn them and I'd write them down in the book and I, I'd practice them. And then I'd, sh- and this is while I'm still in the middle of college for classical guitar. Yeah. So and, you're just neglecting what you're supposed to do. Oh yeah. I was like, oh my God, I do not want to play a box cello suite anymore i'm sick and tired of this prelude um but like this the streetlight manifesto song is really speaking to me um and i go over there and we all climb up on top of his his roof um and being incredibly negligent regarding our safety and others and we'd sing songs um and i was like oh this is way more fun and somewhere in there i found uh this album called uh, Pick It On Green Day, which is part of a series of bluegrass musicians covering other bands mm. as tribute albums. And so I already loved Green Day, and I found this. Um, it's called Pick It On Green Day with, um, it was, the bands were Honey Wagon and Cornbread Red, I think were the artists. <laughs> now that's a band name right it was, there. It was great. It was two different groups that were part of it. And they did bluegrass covers of punk music. Of Green Day. And then you just like, busted a fat one right then it was great it was wonderful um and i that wasn't yet when i really got into playing kind of old-timey music but that's definitely like what like kind of put the anchor for it to then from because i loved green day so i loved this because it was green day songs and years years and years later when i was re-exposed to old-timey folk music and, and bluegrass 
that anchor was already there because I loved all those Green Day songs in this bluegrass fashion. So when it came back around right. and it wasn't Green Day at all, it was just banjos and mandolins and harmonicas and spoons and stuff like that. Yeah. It was like, you know, that was already there. So and then after being in college, that's when you moved to Hawaii? How long were you living there? Um, it's all a blur. <laughs> That was like shit wasted most of the time. I don't remember. <laughs> a lot of pineapples, though. There were a lot of pineapples. Nice. Were you single me. when you got to Hawaii? No. So were you? I was already married. Oh, so you didn't yeah. get to see any Hawaiian titties? Oh, I saw plenty of Hawaiian titties. Oh, no. I was just married. Like they're just out there for public consumption. Like <laughs> <laughs> you're just like nudging your wife, like check them out, they're right there. She was nudging me, but like yeah. yo, I was see, like Ashley oh. does the same thing. Like when and Ashley, be, when Ashley sees uh, a woman like with like a full on wagon. She's like, you, you got to see this shit. And then I do. And then I'm like, wow, like, pretty sure you're kind of gay. And she's like, I waste up, waste up lesbian. I'm like, all right. Bro, it's like <laughs> living on another planet because it'd be a Tuesday morning. I'm on my way to work on public transit. And you're like, I'm pretty sure they're still supposed to have clothes on. People just like butt ass naked. Oh, in all kinds of weird places. It was weird. Um, not to say that it was debaucherous. I don't want to uh, misrepresent the beautiful state of Hawaii. Um, but like, if you wanted to see beautiful people doing fun things without their clothes on, it was not hard to find. Really? You did not have to go very far. What, um, <laughs> why did you go to Hawaii? Like, so, so that was, was actually the... the third time I'd been there. The first time I had been was when my father was stationed in Oahu in the military a billion years ago, um, and I went to visit him for, I think it was like two or three weeks. Um, I was still in high school, went to visit him for an extended stay, had a blast, but it was definitely through the lens of like, I'm a sheltered child and I can't really go out and explore, but this place is cool. The second time was when I was still in college and I had um, written a paper with a professor of musicology, music history, Um, and we got published and then we got invited uh, to present at a conference in Hawaii, and this is when I was 20, maybe 21. I can't quite remember. Damn. Um, and so uh, I got to go to Hawaii on school's budget, see it as an adult. It was awesome. Uh, I thought, this is even more fun, it's a, uh, but I'm still like constrained by having to be at like a, the hotel by a certain time. Yeah. And so the third time was because... Uh, I had reached a point, me and my wife had reached a point in our life where we didn't have any specific goals. And the thought came up of, well, I've been to Hawaii twice. My wife has never been. How hard could it be to move there? That was on a Friday. By, by the time Monday had rolled around, we had worked out the logistics of like, there are poor people in every state. There are poor people in Hawaii. Holy shit. Let's just, we're poor here in Texas. Let's just go be poor in Hawaii instead. And the most expensive yeah. part was just getting there. But once we were there, it was like, great. Now we're just poor in Hawaii. I can tell you where I'd rather be poor. Yeah. It's like one weather's, versus. Like weather's way fucking better. Yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> one versus the other. Yeah, it's like, granted, gas is five bucks a fucking gallon, but. <laughs> not even. It was not that bad. People right. talk about the cost of living in Hawaii. And it's like, yeah. Like if you, when eat steaks every night for dinner and a gallon of milk every morning with your breakfast yeah it's expensive but you don't drive as much because everything's a lot closer yeah so like so the cost of living we moved there from austin texas 
Right. And I would say... Because you live in Austin for a little bit, right? For a little bit, yeah. And I would say the cost of living was comparable to living in Austin or Houston. It's not that bad. The expensive part is getting there. Yeah, because your, your airfare is, what, like two grand? No, and getting me on the plane to get there wasn't too bad. It was moving my shit. It was getting my stuff oh, really? there. Um, and then getting set up. But that's the part of, like, moving anywhere. So, like, really... So, how, how did y'all move your stuff there? Like, uh, You know, we we, <laughs> we only took what we could take on a plane. No shit. Damn. Yeah, so there was a little bit of that. Um, honestly, the most expensive part was getting my cat there. Because my wife was not about to leave my cat. And there was nobody who my wife trusted enough to leave my cat with. I say my cat, our cat. There was nobody my wife trusted our cat with for an extended amount of time. So we were taking that cat with us. So that shit was fucking expensive. I think in total, when you include vet bills and everything, it costs like a grand to take Damn. my cat over there. And I was like, I like this cat. I don't know if I like it that much. Uh, and then it costs a lot of money to get it back too. Um, but so, you know, the it's not hard to move to Hawaii. It's really not. What's hard is leaving everybody you know. Yeah, see, my buddy is going through that today like he the guy was on the show the episode before this one he he's moving to alaska today him and his wife got married thursday they are like in amarillo right now <laughs> as recording this alaska is also really cool yeah they want to live up there for about a year and then they're going to come back the, the plan is to move there for a year and then come back so they're fitting everything that they can in the honda civic and got rid of everything else yeah i've done that a few times moving multiple times um, so, so that was a very long answer to the question of why'd you move? Well, because it was a third time and I thought, cause I can. Yeah. Did you have any intention of coming back? Uh, not initially. No, mm. but, and it's cliche, but your home is where your heart is. And as it happens, all my favorite people are still in Texas. Really? You know, my, my family, I'm, I'm the oldest of four children. My youngest brother's still here. Uh, and that was the hardest thing. It wasn't the logistics. It wasn't the money. It was leaving. It was telling everybody bye. Is, yeah. yeah. And I'm not going to see you for Christmas. I'm not going to see you for Thanksgiving. I'm not going to see you on your birthday. That was hard. Mm. That's the hardest part of it. Um, and then because you're in a different time zone, like a, like a hilariously separate because time zone. you're like zone, four hours ahead. It's more than that. Like I forget what it was. I just remember like if I wanted to talk to my family while they were conscious – it was either like super, super, super late for them or really early for me. Like I gotta get up at like four or five o'clock in the morning to call them and talk to them. Yeah, so you can call otherwise them it's do. not gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so even though we live in the age of the internet, living over there was odd because you you live in the age of the internet and yet news will still get to you slower. No shit. Because you're, you're so far out. Because you're federally, from a, a you know a governmental standpoint, part of the United States, but you're significantly closer to other cultures. At least when you're living there, you're, okay, like, uh, you're like you're halfway between U.S. and J fucking Japan. Right, and so midway is. But you know what the point? Sure. And so even though you know you know that your driver's license is good in the United States, um, you don't feel like you're in the U.S. At least I didn't. Um, Not really. You coming, felt like you were basically in another country. I felt like I was in a different country because there, you know, some parts of town I go to and they wouldn't accept U.S. money. No shit. Now, granted, it's not like it was ever a surprise. I knew I was walking into a shop that was very clearly telegraphing, we are for Japanese tourists only. Really? You know what I mean? So stuff like that. But it was pretty like, wild. we only take you in. Like, sorry, buddy. Yeah. Or, like, here's but how I you... I want the body pillow. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> or here's how you convert to yen. It's like, yeah. don't make me do that, man. He's like, shut up. My money's worth more anyway, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> There's some weird stuff. I worked retail over there, and the the wild shit I saw. Um, you know, okay, okay. Here's something very appropriate. Every culture on this goddamn planet <laughs> thinks that they know how to drink. The Irish think they know how to drink. I, man, I, I was like, I was like so flabbergasted about that. I was like, holy shit, you're fucking right. Like, okay, I'm I'm part Finnish, mm-hmm. all right, and Finns are like known for making really good vodkas, really good whiskeys, and really good beers, and they're they're big drinkers. And then I met a Russian man, mm-hmm. like at my old job. He was like, he was selling. Uh, I, I actually bought a bracelet from him. He was a he was selling things for like some Catholic. Something I'm not Catholic. Half the family is. It's like fuck it. Like he gave me a good conversation. I'll donate fifteen dollars to whatever sure. shit. And I told him I was part. That my grandma was from Finland. Or her parents are Finnish. She was born in Michigan, but her parents were both Finnish. Sure. And he kind of chuckled, and I was like, "It's like yeah, they're all big drinkers." He said, "I think that they drink more than the Russians do." <laughs> and I was just like, "That's impressive." And he's like, "Because I hear that y'all drink a lot." And he just kind of like, "Yeah." <laughs> so. So nothing is more, I would say, universal to the human condition than alcohol. Because just about as soon as humans figured out grain cultivation, we figured out how to make liquor. It was like as soon as we figured out that like we could like consciousness, we figured out how to get out of it. Sure. Like, Fuck this shit. I don't like it. So Australians <laughs> think they know how to drink. Americans. Oh, this is a beer. Hands you a Foster's. I'm like, this is your equivalent of Budweiser, yeah, but keep, I really like it. Gotta keep your titties cool. Yeah. And so you know, Americans think they know how to drink, and Mexicans think they know how to drink, and. Everybody, th- every culture on this planet thinks that they're the ones who know how to really drink because yeah. that's like that's like a, a, a thing to like be proud of. Like, oh no, we're the ones <laughs> who know how to drink. It's a badge right, of honor, right? Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you, uh, I, it, this is not a double blind study. Uh, <laughs> I haven't. This hasn't been peer reviewed, but having seen boy a lot of different cultures come uh, <laughs> pass in front of me and drink. The Japanese will drink you under the table every time. Really? I hear I am 100% convinced. Now that I've seen that shit up close, it's like, oh my God. And you know what? And you know what? And the reason why I'm so convinced is they're also the ones that talk about it the least. It's, yeah. It's like, I don't know what this podcast is rated. What, oh, it's like, say it every one, man. Great. Okay. So <laughs> the dude who walks around saying how big his dick is, nah, that's not the dude. It's it's a quiet dude in the corner who whoops out a thirteen inch, just like meat hammer, meat murder, <laughs> right? It's the guy who's the quietest about it that actually knows what's up. You know what I mean? If you yeah. if you're telling everybody how big your dick is, like, all right, sit the fuck down, right? Yeah. The Japanese are quiet about their drinking because boy, do they know how to do it. And I'm not saying this from a stereotypical standpoint. This is from hey, well, when you're the only country that gets nuked, you got a reason to drink. <laughs> That never occurred to me, uh, you know. So, so I worked in customer service. Say, you lose the biggest global conflict in the world. I worked in retail, and I went to a lot of bars playing music there. My wife worked security at a hotel. Um, we saw a lot of different cultures come across the island, and we saw how they drink. And yet, boy, the Japanese are putting away some liquor, just a hilarious amount. Oh yeah. Um, apparently, uh, South Korea has like a really high rate of alcohol. And disclaimer. Too. Disclaimer. I only lived there for a year. That's not a huge sample size. Yeah. But, yeah, I know that, like, uh, Japan and South Korea have, like, 
really high rates of drinking. Uh, America, Germany, and Russia, and Finland are some like the other biggest countries. America likes to brag about our ability to drink. And then seeing actual Americans drink versus yeah. all these other cultures, I'm like, sit down, Coors Light. You oh, don't. Yeah. No, no, you no. don't no, like, got it. it. Like, we're, we're talking like <laughs> alcohol by consumption. So yeah, like yeah. Oh, I've, I've drank a 12 pack of Coors Light in a 24 hour period. Like, like fuck and Mr. Off. Miyazaki yeah. over here yeah. just put away 30 ounces of Everclear by himself. Yeah. Sit the fuck down. Yeah. <laughs> he drinks sake like it's bottled water. Like, shut up. <laughs> and like. Uh, I don't want to come across as disparaging, but man, oh my God, the dudes who would show up early in the morning in business suits with a bottle of liquor they just bought off the street corner in their hand, and they'd come into my store. So I, I worked at a music store. Um, oh, cool. <laughs> I mean, that's the only work I've done for the last 10 years is musical instrument retail. I worked at Easy Music Center on North King Street in Honolulu, and... These dudes would show up. They got they got off a plane. They'd walk in, and they'd say, I want an American-made guitar. I'm like, great. Well, that's, you know, starting at 800 and going up from there. Like, you got Martins? I'm like, yeah, I got Martins. They're like, what's, like, the best? Like, what's, like, what's like a good Martin? I'm like, oh, man. So this uh, D15 here is really cost-effective, and it's all solid mahogany. And, and, and they'd be like, yeah, but what do people who play by like what's the and they were trying to ask the question as best they could like what's, what what's the famous guy play yeah that's what like, they wanted to like know what, what is waylon jennings play what what did you know i mean somebody asked me what what, what did doc watson play and yeah. i was like well i think and i'm not an expert but i was like i think he played a d28 or d35 and they're like how much are those i'm like well you know um because it costs extra to get here yeah. it's gonna cost you about three grand they're like it's like wait do you want the price now or from 1952 because <laughs> they were way more affordable back then and i'd be like well it's about three grand and they go do you have anything more expensive and i'm like oh my god yes of course i've got one that's like seven grand you want that guitar they're like yes wrap it up i'm like holy crap all right yeah. uh it's like how long have you been playing it's like i don't play it's like, oh what and so their interpreter would explain no, no, no. It's going to sit in their living room in Japan to show them, show other people that they've been to America and they have American instruments. I go, that's insane. And they go, well, haven't you been to another country and bought wild, ridiculous souvenirs? I go, yes, but they weren't $7,000. I've Um, actually never been to a country outside of the United States. I've been to multiple states in the United States. Never, never left it. Yeah. I mean, I've briefly been through mexico but i was so young i certainly don't remember Um, i've been to every state uh no shit you've been to all 50 yeah every single one damn no 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 that's not true i've i've not been to california that's like the that's like the big one like yeah but you've been to the other 49 let me think about it because i've been to california does it count if you just drove through oh yeah yeah Okay. Like 100%. Then, like you, you don't have to say the night. You can just be on the interstate and look out. And great. Counts. Yeah. If, if, if I'm metabolized in a state, then it counts. So California and Washington State. And I feel like I need to look at a map. But like those are the only two I can think of that I haven't. But you've been to Alaska? I've been to Alaska. You've been to like New Hampshire and Vermont and Maine? Yes. I've driven through them. Damn, would you like go to Canada or something? <laughs> I used to live in New York. Oh, shit, I knew that. That's a long, long time ago. Yeah, I was born I mean, in Maryland, uh, 
lived yeah. in New York. Um, I wasn't born in Texas, but as they say, I got here as fast as I could. That's what my dad says. He's, yeah. he's from Long Island. Yeah. Which is why I'm a Giants fan, which is why <laughs> football season hurts me. So, um, so I've been to every state. Um, I've never been outside the country. Uh, France is the one I want to go to the most. I want to go to Finland. I've already brought that up about Finland, but it just I like the cold a lot. I don't like the cold. Yeah. So I went to Hawaii. <laughs> so I went to Hawaii. Yeah, if it was like, <laughs> hey, like, like if I was given the opportunity to go to Alaska, Hawaii, I'm picking Alaska like every time. Alaska was beautiful. It's like Alaska's got beaches too, babe. I don't know what your fucking problem is. <laughs> I've swam in the beaches in Alaska. Like you can do it in July. It's not bad. I went. Oh my god, when was it? It was also to visit my dad while he was in the military. He was stationed in Alaska this time, and. I can't remember what time of the year. It wasn't anywhere near Christmas. It was it was a warmer part of the year, and I mean it was still fucking cold. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> got to see a grizzly bear. No shit. On the side of the road. Man, I was in Colorado. Yeah. I got to see two elk fight. That was cool. Cool. We were driving, driving up to a, a cabin to spend the night, do some camping. Um, um, I I think I was maybe freshman in high school. I said, holy shit, what was that? And he, my, dad, my dad goes, that's a bear. I go, can we go back? He goes, no, you <laughs> idiot. You fucking, dude, what I love is watching like videos of people like getting out of their car to take pictures of bison like on the side of the road in Wyoming. Uh-uh. I'm like, get, what are you doing? Get nah, in the bro. car. <laughs> so at the risk of making this stories of uh, uh, a podcast about things that happened to other people that they told me about. Uh, so uh, Isn't that every podcast? <laughs> sure. So my dad has a long history of, of fun stories being in the military. And one of his favorite stories is regarding when we were living in upstate New York, Watertown, which is just about Canada. And he okay. is sitting in an office. So this is like fourth hand. This is like a story and a story and a story. But he's sitting in an office somewhere, and he can hear the radio chatter. And he hears – so it was near a um, training – facility i say facility it's the woods it's upstate new york and it was a place where people would like train do training exercises with tanks and there's also big ridiculous sized moose and i'm from so i've spent most of my life in texas so i've never really seen a moose except like on the internet meese thank you please don't (laughs) (laughs) i will and so uh so i don't really understand how big moose are um, You're like, oh yeah, it's like the Rocky Bullwinkle guy. But my dad, who uh, has, has worked in the emergency room in multiple different places, knows what a moose can do. <laughs> and so he hears over the radio chatter, he hears uh, it, it come in, it goes, hey, this is Abram 1 to base, and base comes back, base to Abrams 1, what's up? Paraphrasing, of course. Yeah. And they say, hey, so we're trying to do this uh, exercise, and there's... Um, a couple of moose in the middle of <laughs> the road. And, and base goes, how many? He's like, several. It's like, okay, can you go around them? And the, the, the Abrams one, the, these people at this tank go, uh, no, we can't. We can't get around them. They're massive, and there's lots of them. And they're kind of in the way. And there's a, there's a, a break in the conversation. It's kind of quiet. My dad's listening now because he's, you know, he's seen what moose attacks looks like on people. He's put people back together when a moose fucks them up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and they'll totally do it. Oh, for sure. And and he's listening, and he hears, <coughs> permission to fire a round. <laughs> and the bass says, into the moose? <laughs> 
<laughs> the guy's the tank, at least according to my dad, goes, yes, sir, requesting permission to fire around into the moose. And there's a pause. My <laughs> dad is laughing like, so hard. The- and he goes, permission denied. <laughs> Go back the way you came. Just don't kill a bunch of fucking... <laughs> It's like, why don't you just like take the like the fifty cal turret and just like fire two rounds over their head? Well, and I'm I'm sure it, it, like, maybe they'd try probably, that. It, it, like and that would probably like you just like boom boom like with the machine gun on the front, you know. And and so just the thought of like these guys in this tank thinking in <laughs> like, their in their earnestness thinking, yo, let's fire a, a live round of whatever size bullets tank shoot into yes. these fucking moose. And some guy on the other end of a radio had to say. No. <laughs> okay, so context. Most of the guys that are going to be tank drivers in what I'm assuming the Army um, yeah. branch, because uh, Marines had tanks, now they, they're really downsizing, they don't really do tanks as much anymore as like the last year or so. Um, but most people that are going to be in that tank are between the ages of 18 to like 22. <laughs> so they're like, yo, what if we just like blasted them? Also, Can we shell this moose like we shell a crab? Yeah, also the... Uh, <laughs> Shot the 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 rounds that tanks that the M1 Abrams uses is depleted or uranium. Oh Jesus! So it's it, it's uranium, which is stupid heavy metal, right? It's you know two thirty five is sure. the is the atom number or whatever. I don't fucking know. Fuck me, I didn't pay attention to chemistry. <laughs> I was trying to talk to a hot girl in chemistry class. I don't know. Sure, but I know that they use depleted uranium, so it's just uranium, but it's no longer radioactive. Mm. So it's super heavy. And they're like, hey, let's take this four thousand dollar bullet. Let's just <laughs> and shoot it at a moose. <laughs> just blast these and fuck, fuck up some wildlife. <laughs> just like I mean, fuck it. I'm I'm, I'm shit. <laughs> yeah, Dude, we're just gonna shell a moose or <laughs> turn it into what I like to call delicious, delicious lasagna. Now, now. <laughs> so, I want to get back on track because there's a point to this episode. Is there? Hold on. I'm going to pour some more. Patty's Old Irish established in 19, 1777. Cork Distilled in Cork, Ireland. It's 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 good, isn't it? It's not sponsoring this episode, but the special sorry. guest of this episode is thoroughly enjoying special it. Special guest. The main guy doing the damn thing is. <laughs> this is this is 20 bucks well spent. We're halfway through this bottle. Jesus Christ. It's really good. Yeah, it is really good. <laughs> So, um, what was the track? What were we talking about? Okay, so the point I'm trying to get to: <laughs> what got you to where um, Max comes up to you? Because you had played with Max before. Because mm-hmm. I saw y'all play at Clicks one time, and yeah. I got completely shit faced. <laughs> I remember that. that I, was I, I was wearing a Michael Strahan jersey, and I got like really shit faced, and almost got into a fight with a guy because yeah. he kept like fucking with my sister in law. Yeah, <laughs> that was funny. Like, um. But yeah, then he got kicked out, and I'm like, hey, "This is my bar." And then clicks closed, and whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, what what made you were like, "Yeah, I'll play in Lenny and the D. I'll see what this is about." <laughs> and then, like, like when you showed up and started playing, you're like, "Were you like?" Ah, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had heard that Chris was a part of the band, and and, and Chris is great. But Chris pissed me the fuck off last week, and you saw it happen. <laughs> Okay, so for context, I need to tell this for the story. Yeah, yeah. I know that Chris didn't really listen to the show that often, but better fucking listen to this one. So we were playing Fuck You by CeeLo Green. And I can, it is much better if somebody like has like the notes or the tabs written out. Like even if it was notes, like totally could have done it. But every time we take a break, Chris doesn't understand that like we're taking like 10 second breaks and we get a couple chords in. 
And Chris would just keep wailing on the drum set. And I never say anything about it. I just let him do it. And we're playing the CeeLo Green part, and you were saying, like, hey, the there's a bass line to this song that's not just the three root notes. And I'm yeah. like, okay, cool. Well, what is it? And you're like, it's this, And this, I'm trying and to show this. you, and, and Chris is... And then, like, <laughs> as I'm trying to look at you, I'm just here, like, like, right behind my head. And then... And then as I'm just like really trying to like, okay, I think this is not, fuck, okay, wait, wait, which one? Like, it was like level of confusion, yeah. a lot of noise. And then I just hear Chris go, oh my God, how long does this take? Longer if you're playing blast beats in my ear. Yeah, and that's what you said. And I never <laughs> wanted to punch somebody who's my friend so hard. And and because of that, the next day, I played that CeeLo Green song for half an hour because of what fuck you I'm gonna get this damn thing we're gonna put the shit out of it so yeah I did that and then I learned um, whole E uh, the uh, I learned pentatonic scales because I'm tired of being the shittiest musician (laughs) in the band (laughs) look I'm the fun and games guy that's who I am (laughs) so what is your experience in playing with Max because Max is you know the he, he's Lenny for Lenny and the D. Sure, you know, and it's it's his band, it's his more or less passion project, and we're just along for the ride. Right. So, uh, so I moved back to Tyler, bumped into Max at an open mic night, um, forever and a half ago. I can't remember now. Um, me and Chris uh, were conscripted to uh, potentially play like a jazz trio with Max, and that didn't work out, mostly because of uh, scheduling issues. Um, And then I found out much later after that attempt that Chris was playing um, drums in the band, and I thought, well, Chris is my favorite person in the world. I'm going to come start. Oh, Chris is like super likable. Yeah. And, and, And it bothers me because he's not super talkative. No. Where it's just like, I, I want to know more. And you just like, okay. But, and he's like, oh, he goes, I'm going to dip. Like, why are you so cool and so much younger than me? <laughs> like, like, did, did, did I want to be your like, friend. <laughs> like, and so. Like and, holding and, your dog. Just love me. And so I started. Uh, uh, and, and this is after Chris and I had played in um, some musical projects uh, yeah, together. Because y'all played in like a bluegrass project. Project, project. yeah, project which fell played, apart. You played in a band with uh, another mutual friend of ours before, um, and then now you're in this one. Yeah, and so it was mostly an excuse to come. So I, I, I started to come over, and, and, and here's the part where I have to make an admission. I started hanging out to watch you guys practice, um, partially to hang out with Chris, to see Chris play, and of course Max as well. Yeah. Uh, which is always fun. I just remember the first time you came and like watched this practice. You're like, "Hey, uh, you kind of suck," and I'm like, "Appreciate it." <laughs> Hope I didn't say it like that. No, no, but but you were like, like there was one song that we had down like really good, and the rest of them like we really hadn't played a whole lot before. And you saw all those, and the one that you saw that like go down really good, you're like, you're like, I saw your whole body shift from looking at Max to looking at Chris, and the song just came together like yeah. right then. And I, I, I really took that. Like, I really took that with Aww. me. Like, like for like, And now I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> fuck whatever Max is playing. I'm just jamming out Chris here. That's right. Wait, cool. You can just do whatever you want. Wiggly, wide. I'm just going just gonna to hold it down in the rhythm That's right. section. And, and so I started coming to, to listen to y'all practice uh, as, a, you know, air quotes, a dude who was just hanging out listening, expecting uh, to be asked to join the band at some point. Mm. 
Like I knew that was going to happen. I knew that if I, much like every other gig I've ever gotten, uh, is if if I keep showing up, if I'm just they'll ov- give me the job. Yeah, if I'm just available, eventually somebody will say, "Do you want the gig?" And I'll say, "Yeah." Well, and then I remember after practice, you're like Max was asking, like, "Hey, are you going to be back?" And you're like, "I need to get out of my house, so yes, yeah, I, I will be back." <laughs> Uh, and so when when Max text, it was actually it was actually really funny because um, I got a text I think from Chris and Max at the same time, uh, and it was like being the hottest girl at high school getting asked to prom by multiple guys because I got text messages and uh, I think an actual like in person conversation that went something to the effect of, "Hey, so me and the guys were wondering if you wanna I don't know be a part of the." Band. <laughs> See, I. <laughs> it was hilarious because that was actually my intention. That's why I was yeah. hanging out at practice. I was like, actually, yes, I totally do want to be part of the band, but I didn't want to let you know. Uh, and so when Max officially asked me to like bring a guitar, I was like, yeah, I think I, I think I can do that. <laughs> yeah. Which, which I'm glad you're here because like after you had left, like after rehearsal, like after two, three weeks, of you being in the band. Uh, me and Max and I were sitting out after you and Chris had already left, and I was like, man, I really think Connor playing rhythm helps out so much because Max isn't, like, torn between doing keyboard or just doing straight vocals or doing guitar, and he gives him so much more freedom to yeah. do this dumb shit that he wants to... I say dumb shit in quotes. Like, he does really great stuff on keyboard and everything. It's like, it gives him more freedom to do that. I think he does his best stuff on keyboard. Max, oh. if you're listening, spend more time on keyboard. Put down the guitar. I I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Does Max listen? You you know him well enough to know that he doesn't. Like, <laughs> so you just talk shit here. Oh yeah, no. Like this is the point of the show. What are your complaints? He doesn't listen to the show. What, Max, cargo your- shorts. Come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> what? What's your like made complaint? Like anytime that you anytime that you like play with Max. And, like, something happens. And it, it used to be Max would start yelling at me because he he can yell at me. Yeah. And it's fine. Now, the other – when I was already, like, pissed off about something, like, yesterday <laughs> – not yesterday, but last week when I got up there. And he said – he's like, dude, it's three notes. I'm like, motherfucker, I cannot read your goddamn handwriting from ten feet away. That looks like a D. That's what I played. It's like, it's just no, his handwriting's terrible. I agree. Yeah. Um. Well, if he never listens – then, then and here's my main complaint. If you're going to count us in, count us in at the tempo we're going to be playing. You don't get to go one, two, three. And the tempo is here. Yeah. like he. No, he, sir. He will, he will do that. <laughs> it, it, it's just so fucking funny to see like him talk to you or Chris. Be like, okay, I, I, I like what you're doing, but I really need you to just like, uh, hey, Chris, can, can He's really polite to us because he knows we actually know how to play our instruments. Dude, could you quit fucking like Jesus Christ? Like, yeah, no, he talks to me and Chris way nicer because we he knows that we know how to play our instruments. Yeah, and uh, but you would think it'd be the other way around. Like, but but then but then when he talks to you, he's like, "Hey, bitch." (laughs) 
You asked me. But also, let's 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 just like admit that there is an awful lot of like familial baggage in the oh, way. Oh yeah, for sure. It's like, hey, little brother, piece of shit. Yeah. You can't play three notes, and yeah. of course, like you're gonna like you're gonna respond to that a certain way, which is kind of funny to watch. Oh, um, I, I bet it's fucking like hilarious. Because <laughs> which is why we were doing "fuck you" by CeeLo Green. I don't know why he insisted on "forget you." It was like fucking lame. I was like, shut the fuck up, Max. I got this. And I was like, I'm gonna show you how to play this. <laughs> it's like being taught how to drive by your parents, which is the worst people to teach you how to drive. My mom taught me how to drive. And I'm glad she did. I'm sorry, bro. No, well, she taught me how to drive a manual. Oh, which is I, there's a joke in there somewhere. <laughs> Rest in peace, mom. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. She, she she taught me how to drive on my dad's ninety two F one fifty, which I'm glad she did, not my dad, because I'd be sure. like, "Are you fucking the goddamn Jesus Christ?" <laughs> you know, it would have been like that kind of shit. Yeah. So. Yeah. He. Uh, but 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 playing with Mags is so fun because there's so much talent, so little direction. <laughs> Like, well, no, now I really know that Max doesn't listen because otherwise you wouldn't have said that. Oh no, no, he's like, like I, I, I think he has direction, but the, the fact that like, he, he Kurt Cobain's his lyrics, where he's just like, every time I play, it's a different lyric, you know, like, like if, you, like I'm a huge Nirvana fan, so if you listen to like the studio album and listen to a live album, lyrics are usually changed up in a lot of songs just because that's just how Kurt was. So, so I, I'm woefully ignorant of Nirvana. Um, so all I can say to that is I am the first thing I listen to and the first thing I think about in any song, any musical project is the lyrics. So I got, I, I really? always want to know that they're like lined up, that see, there is a way to go. See, Max is, um, if we get the music down, lyrics don't matter. Yeah. He's like, is it a sick beat? Are the harmonies cool? How does this beat and this etherealness yeah. go? And he's like, what are the words? And that's my first question is like, Max, what are the words of this song? So yeah. I know what to play because what I'm going to play is based on the words. Yeah. So, and, and, and that is heavily informed by the kind of music I like to play, which is it's, it's, it's old like punk music and, and folk like, music, yeah, and which folk music. as it happens, folk and punk, there's a reason there's a, a genre that combines the two where the, in, yeah, like the, the notes and the key is super simple. It's, it's so not, and it's so not important. It's yeah. what are the words? What is the message we're conveying? Yeah. Um, which is, which is also why I don't think is a coincidence, uh, that I also am really into old timey gospel and spiritual music even though you're not even though i'm not um be- <laughs> which is so fucking funny because like I-, I consider myself a pretty religious person and i do like older stuff like that because it makes my soul hurt like it- sure swear to god like i i like cry i mean especially now with the last year i of my life <laughs> i cry at old-timey spiritual gospel music because yeah. and the, you should <laughs> because the lyrics and the intention of the music is really there whereas the chords and sometimes the guitar isn't even fucking tuned you know mm-hmm. you've got musicians um you know uh, uh people who were attempting to um preserve this music so of course you got alan lomax who is the really pretentious one push up the glasses on your nose but you've got frank prophet who was um trying to preserve old-timey music on the banjo but then um and i guess um 
Doc Watson, um, even though he, I wouldn't call him a preservationist, he just kind of liked that kind of music. But these people who are making sure that music is, that these songs are still known in the next hundred years. And of course, Frank Prophet and Doc Watson are both dead and were old 50 years ago. Um, and so, you yeah, know. Yeah, I guess if you're the same as Doc, you're probably not alive in the 21st century. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and but um, they're preserving old songs and here's a weird thing that happened the other day so um a song that i thought was ubiquitous and that everybody knew um is oh susanna right the old folk tune yeah that's like that's not the case what and and people don't know that song and this is not a case of quote kids these days because that's not what it's about it's not about a generational gap it's it's about what songs are being preserved regardless of socioeconomic class um and so i was playing on a dulcimer um oh susanna and i was look and one other person i work with was kind of playing along kind of knew what was going on um and nobody else did i said oh do you guys not know this they go, no. I go, I come from Alabama with yeah. a banjo on my knee and blank stares. I go, really? Are you th- Jesus Christ, okay. Well, and, and, and of course, the important thing to remember is because I'm very much against the idea of generational struggles. Oh, yeah, me too. As I, an historian, I think, I'm like generations, and I got into a long-form discussion with a the, with the buddy of mine about this. And he listens to the show regularly, so he might remember this. Um, about how I, I personally don't ascribe to the idea of generational grouping. I think it's a good way to look at certain forms of data, but I think socioeconomics is way more telltale on how and what people are going to do with their lives. Absolutely. And so, and and when you look at it from sharing art forms, especially types of music. I think it's uh, important to share old songs, even though they're seen as quaint, um, and and is absolutely not at the fault of my coworkers who are, you know, eighteen or nineteen. They're just now becoming quote legal adults. Mm-hmm. It's not their fault that they don't know Buffalo Gals or any Woody Guthrie or Pete Seeger or. Yeah. Or, or or other folk songs like that's not their fault. Um, but I do think the response to when you hear that is okay. So generally, I think there is a right way and a wrong way to respond when somebody says they've never heard something that you think should be ubiquitous. So I am not a metal person. I'm not a metal yeah, music. You're clearly made of flesh and blood. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. All the icky parts yeah. of being a sinful, sinful so, human. So, did he, like, so like, when, so when I tell somebody I don't know any Metallica, I don't, I don't. It's like Megadeth for me. Yeah. So there, there's a couple of responses you can have. One of them is, "Oh my God, you haven't heard whatever. What's wrong with you?" That's response number one, which yeah. I think is a res- wrong response. And there's what I think is the correct response of, "Oh my gosh, I get to share with you something." I get to share with you now this thing. So when someone says to me they're not familiar with, I don't know. Let me pick something old-timey. Let me think. Hold on. I'm sure you'll edit this pause out. Now I'm going to keep it for a dramatic effect. (laughs) (laughs) So Woody Guthrie's initial recording of This Land is Your Land. Okay. I actually know 
Woody Guthrie. Like, yeah. I, I know uh, of Woody Guthrie. Sure. And so a lot of people haven't heard that initial recording. And maybe they don't know who Woody Guthrie is. And the correct and, and, and the appropriate response, I think, when you say Woody Guthrie's this land of your land, the appropriate response is not, oh my gosh, how do you not know this old-timey folk song that your grandparents were probably into, but maybe your great-grandparents? That's yeah. not the right response. That's not how you join. That's not how you bring somebody into the fold of something. The correct response is, oh, good. I get to share something with you that you should never experienced. Um, my heterosexual life mate, Jake Bevel, <laughs> who um, was a film nerd when I met him. We played in a few bands together. It was a lot of fun. Um, was, a f- was a film guy. And I'd say, uh, no, I have never seen that weird specific artsy fartsy film and he and 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 he's one who introduced me to the idea of instead of going oh my gosh how have you never heard this thing he would say oh good i know what we're doing and for the next two hours and then he would show me some fucked up movie i'd never that's how i saw Eraserhead. if you've ever seen that one never heard of it that is Boy, I saw some upsetting movies, but it was wonderful. <laughs> and it was hilarious because, you know, so as a musician, I have this certain perspective of what I think should be part of the canon or, you know, as in, in what canon means as this is yeah. canonical or standard. I think Elvis Costello and Mojo Nixon should be considered canonical, but of course it's hilarious to a lot of people because other people think Big and Rich are canonical, and I'm like, fuck Big and Rich. I can't fucking stand them. Yeah. You know, and so my buddy uh, uh, Jake Bevel – Bless his soul. He's so wonderful. Uh, would be like, you've never seen Eraserhead? I'd be like, no, I've never seen Eraserhead. And he's like, I'm about to fuck up your evening. Are you ready? I'd be like, you're one driving of, one, the boat. One of my buddies uh, wants me to watch The Room with him. <laughs> that That's so the, bad. Jake Bevel is a dude who showed me The Room, and he, he and he gave me the warning up front. He's like, this is considered one of the worst movies ever. You ready? I was like, I'm ready. Strap me in. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit him up this week. I'm going to hit him up this week. Like, all right, dude. We're gonna load the bong, <laughs> and we're gonna watch the room. Like that's the, probably like I don't know. Some sometime this week I want to do. Oh that. my god, the numbers of movies this dude showed me. And so I played in a band with Jake Bevel. So this is something I haven't talked about yet. I played in a, I want to say moderately successful for the for the area. So in Huntsville, Texas, there weren't a lot of acts, mm-hmm. and I played a band uh, with a guy named Jake Bevel. What kind of music did you play? Uh. Like most of covers, originals? Uh, So it was all originals. Not all originals, mostly originals. That's a big dick energy right there, just going on stage like, you don't know any of this shit, we're going to play it real fucking loud. Oh, it was great. One of our our guiding spirits was the Butthole Surfers. Oh, hell yeah. So the the idea of like, we're going to clear out this bar, and if they don't want to hear our music, then they can suck a dick. And it was great. It was What's that? What's that? Because we're playing Who Was In My Room Last Night as the opening song. <laughs> and we're going to play exactly the songs we want to play. And it was wonderful. I learned a lot from him. Um, and, but he would also, I, I, I was living with him at the time. And it was one of the more formative experiences of my life. Living with this dude. The whole band lived in this one house. And it was great. Sounds uh, a lot like <laughs> Tall, Dark, and Handsome. 
uh, way cooler. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Okay. And so uh, we would play music. We would like pick weird songs. We would go to the local bars who hadn't heard us yet. And we would clear out the bar by playing some weird shit. And they'd be like, and we'd be like, "Do you want us to come back next week?" And they'd be like, "No." And we're Get like, "Get the fuck out of here! We're not even paying you for the night." <laughs> stole a thousand. I don't know if I ever actually made any money playing with that band, but it's the only band I've played in that we've, we're actually still on Spotify. No shit. Hell, I don't know if you're able to drop in tracks uh, here. I don't know what your editing prowess is. Uh, I, if I I'll fucking, sh- I'll fucking show you this band right now. It's one of the most. It's one of the projects I'm the most proud of. I, I can definitely link it. It's also probably, you asked what kind of music it is. Yeah. Take Jack Black. Okay. Okay. Which I'm down for, sure. Put him in a blender. I don't want to do that to Jack at, Black. Add a, ra- add a rainbow. Why would, what it's the-, the gayest shit you've ever seen. And also the angriest shit. So Motley Crue. The gayest, angriest, Jack Blackest the Motley Crue. acoustic guitar you've ever heard. Okay, so not Motley Crue. Mother Crew's pretty fucking gay. You can take that to the bank. And boy, <laughs> did we did we rock some houses? And I, I've had just enough scotch to start plugging old bands I used to play in. This is this is not scotch. It's Irish whiskey. Oh, totally yeah. different. You're right because we're coming from Cork, Ireland. Cork, Ireland. <laughs> so okay, old Irish whiskey. Now, when you were talking about like how excited you get. To like, oh wow! I can show you this music. So you yes, can, thank so, you. So, You've been doing this a while. So, so, so you can experience this. Yes, like- let me share something with you. So, I love old timey music. <laughs> Boy, do I love booty! I'm <laughs> this is the Whiskey Day and Radio Show. We can't go one minute or one episode. We can go a minute. We can't go one episode without talking about some chocolate starfish. And I'm not they- talking about the Limp Bizkit <laughs> album, uh, but I will. I it's love almost that certainly that my wife will not listen to this, but she got a fat ass, and it's wonderful. Mm! I'll just I'll just I'll just put that on the record right now. But that's not what we're talking about. The idea of sharing spiritual godly music. <laughs> and <booty>. music music <laughs> about our Lord. So there's a one that's right, your Lord, not my Lord, but your Lord has some I good music. I love that song like fuck your god. Yes, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Have I played you that song? Yeah. It's so like painful, but so good because I am so fucking tired <laughs> of like people who are like anti-religion just being anti-Christian. Like, yeah, like shit on Islam and Judaism too. Like, they're like in your eyes. Yeah, like, if you don't, if you don't like organize religion, but you just shit on the evangelical American Christian that's God, like, that's then you're fruit. That's then you're, you're going for low. Fruit. That's really easy. Yeah, like there's a lot of other religions you can shit on. Don't just pick the one. Yeah, like you gotta be sure to shit on all of them. And so, um, and yet, the music of <laughs> you said it first, and I, I feel shitty saying it, but the music of your God. That's fine. Boy, your people have made some. I say your people. <laughs> Look, we're not both street white guys, and he's sexist. But uh, the the music. I'm Jewish. <laughs> Jewish. <laughs> you make that joke so often and it's so funny every time so <laughs> it gets a laugh like every time <laughs> every time somebody chuckles because it's a pun and it's so funny and i it just gets me every time and so the music well and it's not just the music of religious folk it's the music of poor religious 
destitute religious where, poor where, religious where, white yeah, folk yeah, in America where, where their faith is the only thing that kept them from just shooting themselves that day that's right and and that that is some and and I think that's why I like um I really enjoy like old um like African American like like black blues from like the early like 50s Sunhouse yeah like when when but like uh like a really like uh Howlin Wolf mhm and you know, there's just there's just like a lot of like you can almost hear the destitute in it. Yeah, you know, it's like fucking sad. Yeah, and it's just like okay, because and it really puts in perspective like how lucky I am to be where I am. You know, to be raised in a household where my family never got divorced, I never had to move as a kid. You know, I you know I had all these wonderful like my family was very poor, thirty five thousand dollars a year collectively. Like my parents until like two thousand twelve. Yeah, but. Like there was so much I never had to want for, like oh who's yeah. my dad? You know, like I, ne- I never asked that question. Yeah, a lot of people gr- that are friends with me now have had to ask that question multiple times. Well, so the music I love now didn't make sense to me ten years ago because there were things that didn't connect to me. Now I, I've been pretty <laughs> solidly. I won't say atheist. We'll say a religious. That seems more appropriate. Irreligious, I think. Is I, I've been solidly a religious for ten years. Irreligious. Irreligious. Thank you. Um. And 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 yet, ten years ago, I didn't like the music I like right now. Right. Um. I think what's happened is just the natural progression of going from your 20s to your 30s. I'm entering what uh, 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 John Craigie would call your Jesus years. You're entering your Jesus years, which is how I like to call them. And so certain topics and themes weigh heavier on you than they might have when you're early 20s. Because as a, you know, sorry, (laughs) air quotes, as a millennial. See, I'm Gen Z. Are you really? Yes. Born in 96. So, yeah. Is that that the the I think it's like the cutoff. But I also grew up in a home that didn't have internet. Hmm. So. I had unrestricted access to the internet. My parents just didn't know about it. Oh, you watched a lot of porn. Oh, my God, so much. If a P and a V have met on screen, I've seen it twice. (laughs) I'm going to go pray real quick. (laughs) (laughs) There's no amount of praying. (laughs) That can undo what I've seen, brother. It's so... Sorry. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) But there there are topics and themes that you have to live for an extra 10 years. Before oh, they make yeah. any sense. Well, and, and a lot of the music that you're listening to now was written by people that are in their 40s. Yeah, you know, like older. Played it. You know, yeah. a lot of like, like for instance, like I love Led Zeppelin, but when they were in their heyday writing songs about like mythical, like medieval wars, or like, oh, lady, I'm so horny, like, like that level shit, they were, you know, in their early 20s. And like Roger Plant, that does the singer, right? I have to admit, Led Zeppelin is a massive blind spot for me. Really, and it never got it. Never understood it. Never cared for it. I hate the I hate people that think that Led Zeppelin is for everybody, and it's not. I love Led Zeppelin, but it is not for everybody. Ashley cannot stand Led Zeppelin. The okay, if you mm, 
they covered a lot of like old blues music mm-hmm. in, and I'm sure that you probably know about that. Like, Oh, they're yeah. like not real musicians. Like, fuck you. Yes, they are. Musicians can play, can pay tribute to other musicians. And because they made more money than them, doesn't mean than the original, like in, guy who created doesn't mean that they're a bad fucking person in fact as somebody who is a fan of older um poor poor destitute musicians i know that's kind of like a regular thing is the person who wrote the song isn't always the person who gets famous for singing the song yeah um i would i would uh like said it's a big blind spot for you didn't get it best song to start with is when the levee breaks it's on Led Zeppelin. We've before. definitely referenced that song in practice at least once or twice. Because we have played it. We, oh, we have, have played we? It. <gasps> have I played this song with you? I don't know if I probably people, have. Like I know I played it with Chris, <laughs> but um, it is Led Zeppelin Volume Four. It's the last track in there. It's my favorite Zeppelin song. It's one of the. It's probably like the fourth or fifth song like I heard by them. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's not one of their like most famous tracks. You know, like oh, Cashmere and you know, Stairway to Heaven and blah blah blah. You know, like those are one. They're great, but they're like Freebird or Simple Man. If I have to hear Simple Man one more goddamn fucking time. So, um, but yeah, I, I would start off with that song and then just and just digest the one song. Don't listen to the whole fucking album. Like, if, if you're not into it from there, then you're not going to be into it at all. And that's fine. Yeah. Like, you're not obligated to like Led Zeppelin. The same way that not everybody is obligated to like Limp Biscuit. <laughs> I unironically like Limp Biscuit. Or the Beatles. I don't like the Beatles. That's a hard one for me that didn't meet some people see, who don't like the Beatles. See, Max. Loves the Beatles, and not as much as I do. And and he and <laughs> he used to be super like against them. I listened to the entire Sgt. Pepper and Lonely Hearts Club Band album front to back. I liked the intro and the outro because it was like the oh shit y'all actually know how to rock. The rest of it was all like Lucy in the sky. Like get the shut that's, the fuck up. Like it was well I, at the risk of being that guy. That's not the album. Okay, whatever. But it's the same like shit. <laughs> I don't like it. It was lame. It's just a bunch of British guys like, oh, watch trust me, LSD and beat your shit out my wife. So it was, it, it was that. It was that for the whole fucking album. I didn't like it. Like, well, you should try Revolve. Like, no, if I listened to you do an entire fucking album in front to back, it sucked ass. I'm not listening to another goddamn album. Like, sorry, this is fucking it. Like, I'm not listening to the White Album or Yellow Summer. Get the fuck out of here. They're a pop band who did a bunch of drugs. They're not even good. <laughs> okay, granted, I will give them the fact that they did the whole multi-tracking thing, which if it wasn't for that, music might be very different. I think other bands and other people would have figured out over time as technology progressed, but they were the first ones to do it. Here's the wonderful thing, is that they can be both pivotal in changing the course of music history and also something you don't like. They can be both. Yeah, no, I could totally respect that. I fucking... Hate Bon Jovi. No shit. And I can accept that he's also wildly important to an era of music. So when you were talking about, <laughs> and, 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 I, and I, I got you back on track with this, but when you were talking about how much you love showing people something they haven't heard before, and, and, and I actually just got a little bit of that when we were talking about Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Um, how do you... <laughs> How do you get some? How do you get somebody into Limp Biscuit? I need to. Know. <laughs> I don't think you understand. Okay, because uh, for, for all of our lovely listeners, let, let me uh, let me preface this with: I, um, in 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 the band in Lenny the D, um, Max and Chris have this one song that they are going to play themselves, which is perfectly fine. Does not bother me one bit at all. Like they just they just want to do it. Max is like executive decision. 
I think it'd be best if if Chris and I played this. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, that'll give uh, Connor and I a break. And then it was like, hey, well, y'all two can play whatever song you want. And then you came to me, you're like, you want to play the Biscuit song you're talking about? And I was like, <laughs> I'm thinking about it. And the more I think about it, the less I want to do it. Because if I'm going to – listen, okay. if I'm going to play break stuff, <laughs> if, if we're going to play – we're going to do it right. Uh-huh. So I am – 100% totally okay with playing like bluegrass tune, whatever you want to play. Yeah. I like, you know, if, if you want to cover like a super easy, like green day songs, like a deep track that you really like, I'm cool with that too. Like, like that's fine too, but I'm going to keep <laughs> bringing that up every fucking week because I, I really love being the center of attention for short spurts of time. Which is probably why I have a podcast. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Maybe I'm just an egotistical dickhead, and that's why I was like, oh, people will listen to me this way. No. I just want... I want to create... Like, I love being, like, in mosh pits. I love mosh pit level energy. I want to create the mosh pit. Uh, as somebody who's... been there... Mm. It's the best thing in the world. That being to like be playing music and see people yeah. start losing their shit. Yeah. It's awesome. That being said, I'm just saying, if it's 10.45 p.m. on an open mic night, and I'm like, hey, we're going to play four songs, and the fourth song we're going to play is Break Stuff by Limp Biscuit. Everybody up at the bar is already pretty drunk. Most of the people that go there are going to recognize the song. And I feel... While Max is a much better vocalist, Max is wonderful. Okay, then me. Max is is great. I, I think Max is a really good frontman for the alternative rock that we wind up playing. I feel that when we do our quote unquote rap set, and I've heard, and, and this is not me saying this, this is other people who've told me that like, hey, dude, you have a stage presence that not a lot of people have, and I'm like. We can capitalize on that. Now, I don't want this, like, I don't want the the rap group lineup or the rap set lineup to be the the main thing for Lena D because this is a pageant, this is a passion project for all of us. Sure. We're not necessarily, we're, we're not necessarily all playing to our strengths when we play in Lena D. Right. So it's ne- like, as it sits right now, it's not necessarily like a profit. Yeah, there's no banjo anywhere in sight. Yeah. I, I'm out of my comfort zone. Yeah, exactly. Like, and and, and we, we are all giving up a lot to play the music that we do. Yeah. You know, um, like for, you know, Max does control most of like, most of the players, the stuff that he wants to play, but it's also his fucking band playing his garage. It's his electricity, you know, like, like it, 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 you know, you get it. Yeah. You know, um, Chris, I'm sure, would love to play more funk music. I'm sure that Chris, you know, gets irritated when he sees me just fuck off on bass. He's just like, oh, my God. But nobody and four of us can go up and do what I do on the microphone. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think any, like. No, that's pretty fucking unique. Like, like, <laughs> like, I, I think what I do on the microphone is different than what a lot of people do. It's, it's pretty fucking unique, and it's also fucking fun to watch. Exactly. <laughs> it's a fucking blast. And, and I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, guys, break stuff is like two minutes and 35 seconds. Like, I just need, I just need this. I just, I just need. Yeah, this. that's not a lot of time. I picked my nose for longer than that. Yeah. We can do break stuff, and and that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> like, like, as a band, we got it. Like when when we were in rehearsal, and the other day I was just like, "Hey, uh, 
can y'all hear me and can we do bulls on parade like in this configuration i had a fucking blast and there wasn't even an audience there oh yeah that was great i i don't i i only know that song from guitar hero 3 on the wii uh, and so <laughs> and, looking and that's 100% understandable <laughs> so so looking up the tab and being like oh I can play that <laughs> was that oh and a treat I didn't have all the fun effects to make it sound as cool see I think that the biggest hurdle to get over the whole like we don't play Limp biscuit covers rule that it just barely somebody made up um because we'll play fucking Duran Duran, but we, okay, whatever, whatever. Do we play a Duran Duran song? We did, and I protested it so goddamn much that I was gonna I, say, wait a minute, I don't think that's in our lineup. We, we played Rio, oh, and I that was before I joined. Yeah, it, it was actually right before you joined, and I purposefully played it terrible <laughs> every time because I was like, I am not gonna go on stage and play a goddamn Duran Duran because they won't play Limp Bizkit. Well, it, it wasn't even so like okay. This this is what I hate. <laughs> this is this is what I fucking hate. I used to like occasionally hear a Limp Biscuit song as a child, and then like never hear it again. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, I have Spotify, and they're on there. And then my buddy Trent is like, "Dude, um, I told him one day I was like, man, you ever listen to Break Stuff by Limp Bizkit? He's like, that is like my I'm pissed off at my job song. It's like I'm actually like super big into Limp Biscuit. I've loved it since I was a kid, and I have never been like this much into a band and. Like, since I was in, like, middle school, and you're, like, the first time you hear System of a Down, you're, like, holy shit, this is, like, this is the fuck, this is it. This is yeah. music. Like, which, as 25, sounds super juvenile to say, but, like, I'm really into Lip Biscuit now. Like, yeah. almost overnight. And it just, like, <laughs> this is the missing piece. Of, like, I got into Limp Biscuit and Saliva, like, simultaneously. I'm trying to think what my angry and pissed off music is. Really, like, I'm really chewing on it now. See, and honestly, like most of the anger that I have is like comedic effect. Like I'm really not like a, 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 I'm angry person, sure. or a bad person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just want to do that song because I feel if there's anything you can play, anything that we could play, where somebody's gonna throw a chair to, yeah. it's gonna <laughs> be that. Oh uh, man, sh- uh, I would love to see somebody throw a chair while I'm playing music. I've oh, seen yeah. people dance while I'm playing music, which is a pretty big compliment. Oh but yeah, if, but if I can see like a chair go across the stage, oh that'd be wonderful. See, and like that's all I'm saying is like if, if like I think if we like as the quote unquote rap set, we started off with like DK rap, yeah. which I love doing that song. It's a blast. Like uh, like we do the DK rap, and then we do. Um, just a friend by Biz Markie, R.I.P. Which, which now I'm familiar with. Which now, did you actually like sit down and listen to the actual song? Yes. It, it's it's pretty good. like it's it's hokey, but it's for the time. It, it's a banger. Well, yeah. Now that I've heard it, I yeah. get it. But <laughs> having only ever heard uh, our performance of it, boy, was I fucking confused. But oh, now yeah. that I've heard the original, it's like so. Oh, like I it, see. like let's say we did the the DK rap, the that song. Yeah. By Limbis, uh, whoa, by Biz Markie. Right. And then we did Bulls on Parade. Hmm. And then we did Break Stuff. Aqua Teen. And then we finished it with Aqua Teen. Like, Aqua Teen yeah. to kind of mellow the people back out. Because like, you can't leave on Break Stuff because the building will catch on fire. That's literally <laughs> what happened at Woodstock 99. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. So that's that's just how I feel. And I am a rock bassist. Sure. Um, I don't play funk music. I don't really care for funk music. I love Herbie Hancock, but that's about it. All right. And when every week, when Chris is like, 
well, just listen to this guy. And I'm like, I listened to two tracks. So I'm like, it's not for me, man. Yeah. And then he does that. And he's like, well, if you were just, I was like. So Chris, you know, I, I you know, Chris and I have played in a bluegrass band. Chris is also younger than us. We have to keep that in mind, too. Not by a lot, but an, a, enough. A, a smidge. <laughs> and so I am the one who is trying to get him to listen to old timey tunes. But the dude plays bass and he shreds on the bass. And like the, the music I'm listening to, if it had a bass player, it was a wash tub bass. You know what I mean? Not the kind of stuff you can play some Wolfpack <laughs> or some Victor Wooten on. <laughs> you got five notes, pick them. <laughs> if that. And so and so I'm trying to get I'm trying to keep Chris entertained in this band with one five one five one five one five six seven one five like just stuff that is just not exciting to him. And so <laughs> and he was like. Yo, but what if I did this? And he would rip some sick bass line over a over. Will the circle be unbroken? Dude, that song makes you fucking ball. <laughs> and he would rip some sick yeah. bass line. I'm like, Chris, I appreciate what you're doing. This song is about burying somebody's mother. <laughs> like, would you stop? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe leave the. Um, <laughs> the bebop jazz lines out for this song. Yeah. Uh, okay. W- one <laughs> night, uh, and, and you you might not even been playing with us then. There was one night I kept like hitting a third, like a whole lot, and I love the way that third sounds on bass. And both Max and Chris are like, hey, don't 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 do that. And I'm like, why? I'm like, well, like thirds on bass, like on that low of register, like it doesn't like musically make sense. And I was like, okay, well that doesn't. I was like, I thought this was art. You could do what you want with it. <laughs> so we don't have to record this part, but I can tell you from a physics standpoint why it doesn't sound good. But we'll, we'll come back to that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Like, like I'm just saying, like mathematically and like like frequencies and stuff. Like certain things don't mesh with your brain that well. I like I, I like that's easy for me to comprehend. But. We're not a normal band. No. Why should we follow normal rules? Like, we already switch instruments mid-set. That's right. How many other bands do that? None that come to mind right this second. Exactly. <laughs> because none of, this, none of these kinds of bands are successful. What? Where's your guitar? <laughs> yeah, I was, like, searching around for, like, where's my guitar? I, I specifically put them in the closet so nobody would fuck with them. That's smart. Okay, uh, you know Keith, right? Yeah. He'll he'll be on the show soon. And oh, good. Keith and I have been homies for a long time. My second my second year TJC was his first year TJC, and I might have said this on the show before. It's been forty five fucking episodes, so probably first time I met Keith. We are standing next to each other, like shoulder to shoulder, at like the uh, TJC pregame. So you spell it TJC as the band on the deal, and right in front of us is this girl with a fucking wagon of a booty, right? White girl, and I was like, "Hey, uh, Keith, you uh." You like white women? He's like, I like women. I'm like, we're gonna be friends. And ever since then, like, like we we were, we were playing basketball earlier today. It's a fucking great time. But where's it going with this? Fucking Keith, right? <laughs> um, shit. You got this. I got this. Um, <laughs> Switching instruments. Yeah, uh, Keith was shoot because um, you know Keith is a bass player, mm-hmm. and Keith will fucking shred it on shit. 
and then Keith will try to play guitar, and it, it just doesn't translate. And I love, oh, but that's hilarious. Like I love the way that he plays his bass guitar. Yeah, and I love the way that he shits on me for playing bass guitar. Yeah, and I love the way that Chris shits on Keith for not being in time. <laughs> Which is ironic because Chris is either dragging or speeding up every time he plays drums. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's he has gotten so much better. I will say this: Chris he's, has he's gotten, gotten better, like, and so yet, fu- like Chris is pretty fucking good at and, drums. And boy, uh, because of the kind of music I like, um, keeping up with a tempo is not a uh, high priority. So the kind of music I like, you listen to official recordings, and you're like, yeah, they're gonna speed up by twenty clicks throughout the course of the song, and they don't give a fuck because that dude is sitting on a front porch in the holler with a banjo he made himself he don't give a fuck what tempo he started that song at so that's the kind of music i like so chris uh when we played in the bluegrass band together he would dog the shit out of me he's like bro why you keep speeding up it's It's hillbilly music it's hillbilly music man come on give me a break yeah we ain't got metronomes we ain't got. We ain't got. I don't even know how to fucking read. First of all, <laughs> you know it's more period appropriate if we uh, don't actually know how to read or play our instruments. But yeah. and the, so then I bust out a pair of spoons and he giggles. That man. That sounds like me talking about fucking firearms, like in a video game. I swear to God, like I'm, I'm super into guns, and I. You don't say. I don't own <laughs> enough firearms for as into him as I am. Okay. Because you can't own fully auto weapons in the United States, and I want a DP twenty eight, which is a it's a Soviet like USSR Soviet Russia uh, machine gun that uh, was used in a bunch of different wars, uh, but it was mainly famous for using World War Two and in the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. And it's this uh, machine gun where the magazine thing that holds all the bullets in it. I know it's, it is. I'm just making sure. I play Call of Duty. Um, it's uh, it's just like a big disc that goes on the top, mm-hmm. and it rotates as you shoot it, and I want one so bad. I also want a Browning automatic rifle, which is like the BAR. And I want a lightsaber. Yeah, those aren't real. <laughs> all right? The two things I just said are real. But, yeah, I, I really, really love firearms. I want a Zoid. Like, I wish... <laughs> Boy can dream, right? If we're talking about things we want... I don't know about guns, so I can't really participate in this so part I of the conversation. When, when I just bought like my forty-five, and then I went over to rehearsal, it was like I just bought it, and I was like, "Hey guys, check it out!" And you're like, "I don't know anything about guns. Is that loaded?" Like, dude, the magazine is taken out of it. You're like, "I'm just making fucking sure." Yeah, I don't fucking know what that means. That doesn't answer my question. <laughs> the magazine's out. The, you didn't say yes or no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yet, my my wife has to carry a firearm for her job every day. And she is constantly trying to teach me stuff about it. And it's like I just don't care. Like I'm, I'm sorry. Like I just, and then, but then I'll try to be like, here's a dulcimer. It's too. She's like, I don't fucking care. I was like, that's fine. We both got our, we both have our ways to education. Uh, it's just a hilarious like disconnect from like it. It seems cool in video games, and then when someone who is well-meaning is trying to teach me about it, it's like, I don't know what that means. I don't know. Yeah, I don't really do. See, and that's funny because it's how Ashton and I are like on so many things. Like I'm, you know, we had to go. Where's the reticle? That's yeah. not how it works. It's a, these are iron sights. So <laughs> <laughs> like, um, Ashton and I had to go to Longview yesterday and, yeah. um, I, we stopped at the thrift store in Tyler, which is the one behind American gold and diamond by game exchange. Mm-hmm. It's like super baller. I got yeah. the iron butterfly and I got a DeVita album for 10 bucks, like really good shape. Yeah. And then she saw, I was like, when was that thing made? 
We flipped it over, it said 1968. In me seeing 1968, I think Tet Offensive, Vietnam War, like a lot of that kind of shit going on. Ashley thinks Charles Manson. I'm like, all right, okay, <laughs> fucking whatever. And so if we, should we talk about Charles Manson for a little bit, you know, like all that kind of like crazy shit that like the, his followers are like high on drugs, like murdering people. And Have you listened to Charles Manson's music? Yeah, I forgot he was a musician. It's kind of good. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And... So so we're talking about that shit, and then I was like, it's funny that you think that when you think, like, late 1960s. I just automatically just think Vietnam War. And I told her, like, the history behind, like, the Tet Offensive and why, like, Tet is, like, the – it's, like, a big, like, cultural holiday for the Vietnamese. It's, like, the New Year for them. And, you know, oh, nobody's going to have it a big fight on this. And then, like, all of a sudden, there's, like, a shitload of, like, North Vietnamese, like, attacking in every possible – and she's just, like, bored of her fucking mind while I'm talking about this. And then I just kind of get quiet because I'm like, well, he clearly don't want to really learn about that. So, like, it's fine. Like, I'm okay with just being quiet. And then she's like, are, are you mad at me? Like, are, are you mad at me? I was like, no, I'm not mad. I just, like, clearly you don't want to learn about the Vietnam War. And I don't care about, you know, serial killers all that much. <laughs> Different approaches to education. Yeah. Um, and I'm an educator, and I'm not even good at it. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so my, my wife is also really into serial killers and cult leaders. Uh, I, I, and... Think it's, I think it's like a, okay, and I was telling this to Ashley yesterday. Yeah. I think as a human, you your interest is your curiosity is at least like a little bit peaked at people that are serial killers and cult leaders and stuff because you're like, whoa, like what kind of person is able to do that to somebody else? And like what kind of person wants to listen to that kind of shit? Yeah. Like that's fucking bonkers. And then but you can listen to so many serial killer podcasts where you're like, Oh, then he slips up and then gets caught by the cops and now he's in prison or then he got murdered by whatever, you know. And they finally caught the guy. Like, it all kind of ends in one of the either. They catch him or they didn't. Like, I don't fucking know. So, that's my only thing about it. Is, like, I can't get super into that kind of shit because it all ends the same way. So, coming back to um, some topic from earlier. I can't remember what the specific line was. Um, but how do you get somebody into a topic that maybe you're, you're trying to share with them for the first time? And so that that kind of explains that for me, which is um, my wife is really into true crime and criminal justice related stuff because that's her background. Yeah. Um, Wasn't like one of her family was a cop or something? Or? No. Uh, it's, it's, that's a whole thing. You just have to have her on the podcast for that. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's a whole thing. Well, anytime women come on, it's in Saudi only, they got to be topless. So that's kind of like her. <laughs> I'll let her know. Here on the Whiskey Dan radio show. I'll let her know. And <laughs> I, I'll, I'll see what her I'm press. Sorry. I'll see what her press kit says. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, you press them on the glass, not <laughs> me. <laughs> Rude. I'm sorry. The the idea. The, anyway, okay. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Hold on. After a sip of Patty's Old Irish Whiskey. After several sips of Patty's Old Irish Whiskey. One may be Are you tired of cooking at home? Yeah. May I recommend Blue Apron? Yeah, uh, you want to get a clean nutsack? You get fucking Manscaped. Shave that shit up. You bo- uh, okay, what's funny is like I made a joke about... <coughs> Ash and I are big fans of Tom Segura. 
Okay, okay. And he had the whole special called Ball Hog. Yeah. You know, and he's like, it's a, it's like a double entendre because it's like, you know, Ball Hog, like somebody's always in charge, like they're a fucking dick, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then like Ball Hog, like women just love sucking on ball sex. And I was like, Ashley, you can be my Ball Hog. And she just like kind of looked at me. She's like, maybe for so fucking hairy, I got Manscaped the next fucking day. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back to your story on sharing things to people who don't want to hear it. Christ on sale. Um, <laughs> different avenues to sharing things that interest you. It comes up to like, how do you explain the context of something that excites you? So as a that is it, so hard. As an irreligious person who really loves old timey gospel music and folk music and the music of like Pete Seeger and Woody Guthrie, and then my wife who is really into murder and shit like that. <laughs> And and she listens to so many true crime podcasts. Does um, she listen to Time Suck? Probably. I don't know. There's, Time Suck is a damn good podcast. There are so many. There's so many. And it's honestly, there's just so much rape and murder. And it's all very distressing. When Even even though I listen to a lot of music about murder, like a murder ballad is a format within old-timey Appalachian music. Oh, yeah. It's one thing to hear a song. Johnny Cash, like okay. I mean, it's one song. It's one thing to hear a song like Tom Dooley, by um, like Frank Prophet, for example. But it's another thing to hear somebody talk about like, and then that's why he was missing fourteen fingers. I'm like, what the fuck are we listening to? <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Am I allowed to play a, a tune off my phone? Um, yeah, for like a couple seconds, you probably get away with it. I'll let you edit this in and out. Hang your head, Tom Dooley. Hang your head and cry. You kill a Larry Foster, poor boy, you're bound to die. You met her on the mountain, there you took her life. You met her on the hillside, you stopped her with a knife. Jesus Christ! Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> fucking hell, man. Yeah, so and, like, and, and and that's like you're like I'm going to work music, and it 100 percent is. I, so Frank Prophet, are you autistic? <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. No, I mean, depending and, on who you ask. So yeah, so Frank, that, same goes for me. So <laughs> Frank Prophet was a dude who collected old folk songs to make sure they still existed. But that's one he actually wrote called Tom Dooley, which is about a murderer. A murderer. His name is Tom Dula or Tom Dooley, depending on how you pronounced it, um, because of the spelling. And uh, it's a murder ballad. And the murder ballad has a great, really rich history in bluegrass and folk music of these tellings of these really horrific crimes that are um, continued to be conveyed through song. Um and Barbara Allen is kind of one of them, um, but not like explicitly about about murder. Um, and so those I'm really into, murder ballads, I really love songs about death and how you reckon with um, the wrongs of one human committed against another, especially within a religious context and what that means to how it affects the community. Um, and I, I think of that as one way because there's melody and harmony and yeah. and how the song is constructed. And then my wife will put on something that's also about murder, and it's not 
particularly more graphic um you know the visual there's just no notes behind it. yeah <laughs> the visual aspect I like the notes the vi- yeah I, I like the notes and the rhythm <laughs> and the banjo are playing um and so there is usually a little bit more um you know there's a visual aspect because it's you know a documentary or whatever um, but that always upsets me more, even though uh, they're not showing anything particularly graphic. Um, but the 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 song story aspect, um, the um, uh, the retention, the preservation, yeah, of the story is always what kind of speaks to me. Um, man, there's some really good ones. Hold on. I think, I think that's gonna wrap it up for us. <laughs> I'm yeah. So. Um, that all being said, um, since we do just for time constraints, mm-hmm. for logistical purposes, do you have anything like solo project coming up? Uh, anything you are like in the middle of your life with? Yes, I perform solo under the name St. Francis. Okay. Um, any gigs booking currently? Or no. Just, <laughs> I exist. <laughs> I perform solo under the name St. Francis. I will show up. You won't know about it. I'll be on the street corner. I'll be at your favorite coffee bar. I'll show up at an abandoned church or other abandoned building where no one is there, and I will be there playing music. And you won't know about it, but I'll be there. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> um, one, uh, one quick question, because uh, you might reach people that you hadn't reached before. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you still currently selling the bus? Yes, I have a 35-foot international 1998 school bus that I've been living in full-time. Basically living in the bang bus. (laughs) That's right. Living in the bang bus. I'm living the dream, according to 13-year-old me. I want to sell it. Um, I don't don't, don't know. Is there an email for this thing? Uh, WhiskeyDanRadio at uh, at gmail.com. WhiskeyDanRadio at gmail.com. You want to buy a school bus that's been fucked in? Then this is the bus. All, haven't all school buses <laughs> been fucked? In? Let's be honest. <laughs> they show for the band, the band kids back. That's so. that's right. Come by my bus. I'm ready to have babies, and I want to have a square house. Come by my bus. I think that's gonna wrap it up. If the buses are rocking, no coming knocking. And it's always rocking. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show once again. We had Patty's Old Irish Whiskey. Do you have a closing statement? Have you ever seen a granny passing water down by the old mill stream? She pisses for an hour and a quarter, and she can't see her ass for steam. And that's that. Um, <laughs> once again, please send us some feet pics or cock pics to whiskeydanradio at gmail.com. We, we will rate your cock, and we will suck your feet. So, once, once again, whisk. <laughs> Once again, whiskeydanradio at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Once again, we had Patty's Irish, old Irish whiskey. Old, even though I bought it in 2021. Fuck it. It was, technically speaking, old. Damn good whiskey. Connor, what would you think? Numerical rating, 0 to 10. 10. No shit. It's lovely. We're also shit-faced. I'm having a blast. Yes. I'm about to. (laughs) We can. I do have a bong now. I'm just, just put, we're going to wrap this up before Whiskey Nan does anything else fucking stupid in his life. So thanks again for listening. Please drink responsibly. Um, we or hope, don't. I'm not in charge. Okay, don't fuck. No, no. <laughs> you drink responsibly, damn it. Now, when you're home, you can drink mm-hmm. irresponsibly. Just don't go anywhere. Now, that being said, uh, 
It's Whiskey Dan signing off. Y'all, uh, once again, coming to you live, pre-recorded from the uh, domicile of debauchery. Uh, y'all stay hydrated out there in this hot, hot summer. One, two, one, two, three, four. Totally unrelated. This is all Man, over that, time that I'm just shit. Now I'm just sharing fun stuff with you. That, that is seriously something. Now this is something you and I can just play. Like I am 100% okay with doing <laughs> this. This could totally be the song that you and I play. Oh my gosh, that'd be great. Damn, son. <laughs>